hello everyone how do you do welcome back to the old mcu crew oh is that Ooh, gonna be the, that was that was a rhyme i kind of like that hello intro. everyone that how do you do welcome back to the mcu crew that, that, might, like stick. A little, like, that might stick i kind of <laughs> like that that might you know we might have found it we found the rhythm mm-hmm. maybe 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 let's not get too confident i think you're right jesse i think you're right mm-hmm. yeah yeah jesse's also reacting to the uh the venom trailer this morning that's also yeah, the exact same <laughs> <laughs> very similar very similar uh i hope everyone's uh, had a good week hope everyone got their phase two coverage uh watched oh ollie's decided to join oh, and he's gone that's ollie that's he came in here and let let me know that he's alive and he's so good to fickle. go yeah so in your life and out yeah he's good he's good to go it's good to go. Uh, we've got a decent ab- amount of news. Uh, the The marketing world has kicked up for What If, uh, which makes me think that maybe it's not tracking that well because they put out a shit ton of stuff about What If this past week, uh, as well as uh, made some announcements regarding uh, the Hawkeye show, as that has a uh, a date tied to it. Let's just jump jump in to the the news here. Uh, November twenty fourth is when that comes out. A day after Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker, that's a big yikes for me. I don't know if I'm going to be, you know? You know? I mean, what if I put it on in the background? Maybe. And I end up a Star-Lord. Maybe. I feel like that's that's the premise of my show. <laughs> put it on the background and I end up on the moon. Could be. Yeah. Could be. Uh, they put out a photo as well to mark the uh, the big... November 24th reveal. There it is. That's Haley Steinfeld and uh, everyone's favorite, Hawkeye, a.k.a. Jeremy Renner. Oh God, two archers? <sighs> that show's going to be tough to beat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, only, I mean, like, can I make a... Look, here's the guess we need. Here's my guesswork. I'm going to put that out there just because it's the show I want. Okay. Not the show I think we're going to get. I'm going to need six episodes... Of Haley and Florence going at it, just like beating the crap out of each oh, other. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like them just like, you know, like fighting, getting on, like. You know what I mean? Like. Sure. That's what I want. And then in the background, Clint's just like, "Oh, geez, the end." That'd be an amazing <laughs> series. So you want oh, as little no. possible Jeremy Renner in this show. Like, I mean, I don't need any more Jeremy Renner. Like, what is his character? What does that, what, like, what does Clint bring anymore to the story? Like, his story is, is, you know, having rewatched all of phase two, Uh I felt like his story was kind of over at the end of phase two. So, you know, I I mean, he definitely had an arc there in Ultron. Yeah. Uh, So he just was kind of around. Yeah. And then they brought him back to suffer. And now he's back again. But like, you know, he was unimportant in phase one. He was unimportant in phase two, except for like a thing they did. I don't know. He's not like an important character. It's nice that he has a show, but it, the show is n- clearly not about him. Right. Like, it's it's more know. about Haley Seinfeld being brought into the right, fold. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For, for whatever the, the plan is with her, whether it's like a young Avengers role or whether it's her taking up the mantle of Hawkeye and him living his life with the rest uh, of his family and disappearing. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess we'll see what happens with that. Here, Here's the question I have for both uh, you and Bronze, and maybe even more so for Bronze, because I think her 
very well voiced uh, disfavor <laughs> for Jeremy Renner and Hawkeye uh, is is out there. What does it take to uh, to win you over? Like, what does this show have to do for you to become like, all right, Hawkeye's pretty cool? She's thinking. I'm thinking. Yeah. She's thinking. I mean, like it's a little. It's a little too long. It's like a, a little like the silence was powerful. Yeah. 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 That's why I had I'm, to fill well, the Well, I'm trying the, to yeah. put my finger on exactly what I didn't like about Renner's performance, and you know, for me, a lot of it does come down to like writing. I feel like they've never really known what to do with that character, you know. And I, I've kind of felt that way about Black Widow as well, but. She was at least, I feel like in Winter Soldier, now that we're talking about phase two stuff, I feel like at least in Winter Soldier, I could see what purpose or like how she could shine. But for me, I just never had that, you know? And I know we were joking about that in Avengers of like, you know, oh, here's Hawkeye doing a cool thing. Oh no, he only brought four arrows. Like, I feel like he's just one of those characters that they just don't know what to do with him and the Hulk, where how do we how do we make them seem cool but not so too cool and also we have to we have to try to hamstring them in some way mm. and then the other thing and this might this I'm try not to make it too personal Jeremy Renner when he is mind controlled i like him more than when he's just him because he has the smuggest <laughs> expression i don't know how to describe it he looks so smug a lot of the time. And so, you know, watching ScarJo fight him on that cliff for the Soul Stone, I just, I don't know. I felt like he just, I feel like he never left that mind control phase. You know, he always played his character. Maybe Lot that's twist. just me. The, you know, the, I feel like he always played his character with like a little bit of just like, you know, douchebaggery that didn't need to be there or bravado that so, didn't need to be there. Maybe I'm wrong. What are, what if I were to tell you he has resting douche face and that's kind of <laughs> offensive to me that you don't see through that? Like, what if I were to tell you that? Like, that's just how he looks. That's just how he looks. And okay, but look, you know. am I not wrong? Look at the way his brow. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like the, this type of thing? Like, listen, you're new here, kid. You know, like he's always kind of had that. Can I like, tell you? that bad guy vibe so when he's mind controlled it like makes more sense for him but i know exactly what you're talking about and the best example of this i can give is um the dude who created family guy i cannot remember his name right now uh seth, seth not killian that's a fighting game guy uh well mcfarland the guy like him he like can do a million things wonderful but I cannot watch him be the lead or let alone act normally in anything because his face has that like look. You know what I mean? Like it's just, God, I can't. You just look smug all the time. And that's the same thing. I under look, I understand. You get I it? Understand. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't think I don't I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are gonna be like, you're too hard on the guy, but I almost hope. He's kind of a a bad guy in the show. Like I I hope we get to see what shenanigans he was up to, you know, that were alluded to about the whole Ronan thing that we never got to see. And I hope that uh Kate has to like find out about that in some way and choose to be a better version of him. Like 
I think that would be cool. I think that's what it would take to get me to like really enjoy the show. Um, I, the premise that you had at the beginning, the idea of him being a poorly written character. Yeah, I don't know that I can put, you know, Jeremy Renner is Jeremy Renner. He's been in a million things and he's been yeah. fine. The The idea, though, that you're spot on with is that it's very obvious they knew how and in what way to write the main three. And everyone around yeah. them served only to expand the plot. And it wasn't until much later they were like, oh boy, we need to like do stuff with these characters. Well, I don't because, think they again, expected it to go, you know, 40 movies deep, right? <laughs> I mean, you're right. But also like, you know, I can understand why Jeremy Renner as an actor has said numerous times how upset he was with the way they took his character. Like even he knows that his character from Avengers forward literally is just like, I am the human who has three lines of movie <laughs> like that. Right, right. You know, it sucks that that's, you know, his character. And it, it yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting I mean, to see. Smug might be the only way he can play it. If your character notes are like, you shoot stuff and look cool, then maybe like that's why to me he came off as like kind of douchey the entire time. It's because he doesn't have any character depth beyond that. Maybe I'm wrong, but like if your character notes are just like, you're a cool guy, man. You shoot arrow. Maybe he's like, okay, like I'll make this face and shoot arrows. And, and that could be a big part of like why I had such a hard time liking him. I will say this. The first few minutes um, of, uh, of, of the of, words are so hard. Y'all, I'm going to be honest. We were late this morning because I woke up like five minutes before we went on <laughs> because my alarm didn't go off and I'm still trying to recalibrate but when his family gets snapped away yeah that was the first time I really was like oh wow he's given us something other than you can cool actually guy man. yeah yeah the character or the, the writers the man him, act he had a scene yeah, yeah totally yeah. you know that was it the was first time it was a uh, for me it was one of the best like opens for a Marvel movie because it was a completely different tone than every other like most Marvel movies up until that point were just like, you know, they would have like some sizzle thing and then it would put, like kick in ACDC specifically for Iron Man shit. And then like Iron Man would flash across the screen or whatever. This was like, nope, someone's family's going to be snapped away. We're going to have some very low key music happening here. Uh, very somber music. So I don't say low key again. Playing uh, <laughs> over that. And then we're going to roll, uh, you know, the, the name of the thing. And then we're going to go somewhere else. And it's all going to be very... Very chill, very boring uh, opener to a pretty shitty situation in the actual uh, MCU at that point. So I thought it was a very effective he, opening, and he definitely like carried that. Well, I Having watched like Age of Ultron. His family, too, didn't they? Like, I feel like they brought up his family a lot, but then we never saw well, yeah. them. So why would we care about them? Yeah. No, we definitely. I mean, Age of Ultron was his family, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean... I don't know. I think even though that was kind of like, it was all right. Um, it, it was, uh, you know, having rewatched that this past week, it definitely gives us more of his character. And it's a very obvious thing. They were like, oh, we should probably should give this guy a character. But even in that stuff, most of those scenes were his wife being like, you got to be, I need you to come home because I am pregnant. And he's like, baby, I will. I roger that mama. Like that was pretty much <laughs> roughly the equivalent. Honestly, he's like, yes, ma'am, I will. 
I love you. I report back to you, my wife. Right. And and then uh, like it, it, it humanized him, but he didn't need to be humanized. You know, it's one of those characters who's like, we don't need to humanize Hawkeye. In a world of people who can fly, he is the most human. Like, like you don't need to make him more human. He is so very human. And uh, the but yeah, most of that movie is his wife being like, I think the Avengers need you. And he's like, Roger that, mama. That's, I swear that's pretty much how it goes. I have lots. Look, I'm, I have lots. I can't wait till we start. I got, bring out the list. I'm ready. I'm so ready today. I can't wait to critically pan the all the second phase. Got- you know what I realized? I think I hate... I think I hate the second phase of Marvel movies. I want to let you know that. <laughs> okay. A great except for, uh, except preamble. For t- except for two movies. Well, crap. I think I love two movies and hate. Hey, this sucks. I Marvel! A great preamble to the conversation later in the show. Uh, well, to, to wrap up, Ali, you got to stop knocking shit over. You're being the most I annoying dog. I have a dog. special request, JP. Yeah. Can we name this episode something like, Hawkeye fans will hate them the way they do on like you know. It's up to Reggie. I don't. Yeah, I don't handle any of that. Reggie, if you're listening, that's the name of the thing. Something clickbaity, and yeah, you know. Sure. Hawkeye greatest hero ever. And then it's just five minutes of us talking about <laughs> Roger Mama. There you go. Okay, he's in the chat. He says, "Got it." He understands. He understands. <laughs> uh well we'll see what happens with uh with hawkeyes that's going to be coming out on november 24th to disney plus let's talk about this what if stuff they like i said at the start of the show they have picked up on the marketing now that we're about uh 10 days i think this is next wednesday yeah so about a week and a half away from this thing coming out uh they put out a lot of stuff regarding this um, some of the big news bits, uh, Chadwick Boseman voices T'Challa in four of the episodes, Clark Gregg, uh, Phil Coulson's will return. He's going to be in the show. Um, I think they said that there's like 50 other people in there. Uh, the voice cast includes, I can read all of this. Uh, Haley Atwell's captain, Peggy Carter, Josh Brolin is Thanos. Dominic Cooper is Howard Stark. David, uh, I'm not going to read his last name is Kurt. Uh, Michael Douglas is Hank Pym. Karen G- uh, Gillian is Nebula. Jeff Goldblum is Grandmaster. Frank Grillo is Brock Rumlow. Sean Gunn is Craglin. Chris Hemsworth is Thor. Tom Hiddleston is Loki. Uh, oh, God. How do you say this name? It's not Digimon. That's just awful. It's Digimon Hunso is Korath the Pursuer. Samuel Jackson is Nick Fury. Toby Jones is Arnim Zola. Michael B. Jordan is Killmonger. Neil McDonald as Dum Dum Dugan. Natalie Portman is Jane Foster. Jeremy Renner is Clint Barton. Michael Rooker is Yondu. Paul Rudd is Scott Lang. Mark Ruffalo is Bruce Banner. Sebastian Stan is James Bucky Barnes. Chris Sullivan as Taserface. Stanley Tucci as Abraham Erskine. That was, uh, that's Captain America's scientist, right? He was the super soldier serum guy, I think. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Taika uh, Waititi is Korg. And Seth Green is Howard the Duck. So we're getting some Howard the Duck, I guess, in what if. Um, they say Tony Stark, Steve Rogers, uh, The Collector, Doctor Strange, and Captain Marvel, uh, Marvel are also in the series, but with different voice actors than their MCU counterpoints or counterparts. They also put out a trailer for it, showing kind of the same stuff that we have uh, this, we have seen this whole time. So interesting. They have different actors. Yeah. Then, like, kind of the big ones, right? Um, mm-hmm. 
It makes me wonder like how much of a speaking role those are going to have. Cause we, we've seen Iron Man as a zombie, I think. And Peggy right. Carter is playing Captain America in that. And so I wonder like what role those five will be. What were uh, those five again? Tony Stark, Steve Rogers, Collector, Doctor Strange, and Captain Marvel. So I could see them being like, Weird. you know, side stories in a lot of ways. I mean, the the amount of people you listed off, I can also see them being like, you know, the, some of the people you mentioned are out of contract now, so they don't have to do it. Right. And some people you mentioned may only have like one line, so it doesn't make sense to pay like, you know, because a lot of the time you read the Marvel contracts and things, and it's like a great example is um, Hulk. And it's like, well, you are signed on to do X number of movies or IP. That doesn't mean he's a, the star. He's right. like, you're just signed on to do this thing. So it could be that many of the cast are like, oh, we signed you on to do X number of stuff, so we want you for this. Um, and some of these people, they don't need, right? Like, you know, if they're a zombie, I don't need, uh, a, a, like, an actual Tony Stark voice of, like, eh, like I don't need that. Right. Like, right. I get it. Um. Someone in chat was asking, or a lot of people are asking, how many episodes this is. It'll be 10 episodes of uh, of What If. So that means we'll get an episode uh, starting next Wednesday, which will take us into October. One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, that'll take us all the way through uh, October 20th. Um, so we're going to begin one movie in the span of this, I think. Yeah, that'll that'll we'll get one movie and then very close to uh the Eternals coming out in uh in November. But I'm interested to see like how the the Marvel fan base responds to what if. It can it can go two ways, right? It can be like really great Twitter conversation uh and like meme creation of just like, "Oh man, I wish they would have done this in the movies with this character." And then you get people like battling over that or no one's going to give a shit. Because it's not like canon, so to speak. And so people are going to be disinterested in uh, in the characters and in the stories that are kind of told in there. I'm interested to see how that goes. It's, it's one of those things where the premise is always cooler than the actual product. And Potentially. You're, you're right. But just based off the past what-ifs, be it Marvel properties or even when Star Wars did what ifs and it was like, oh yeah, um, what if Leia was the guy who who saved a galaxy, right? Like that kind of stuff. Um, the premise is always much cooler than what because then you know at a certain point in time it's just like, all right, we're gonna rehash a tale with a different character in the lead, but it's like still kind of the same. And mm. so you have to create more outlandish and wacky things. For those characters, which is why it's like, okay, now they're they're all zombies, and uh, they're all, and you know that that can be amazing, but I don't know. It it depends on what we're actually gonna get, right? It depends on how well these stories are crafted, because at the end of the day, it is what it is, which is a thought experiment. Mm -hmm. Just like you know, there are many books out there that exist that have the what if title. There's like a what if history book. There's a what if science book. There are plenty of those, and if you read them, you know, at the end of the day, there are like a few interesting things, and they're like, oh, that means that would change the course of history, and that would do this. 
But like, it's still a thought experiment that, you know, is just, oh, this is, that could be interesting. And so if you don't flesh it out in a way that's, that's you know, compelling, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. There is kind of the interesting, uh, like the, the way that this show is chronologically, uh, or not chronologically, but being released, the, the time period for this being released comes after the multiverse has just kind of been unleashed on the MCU, right? And so I think that they're hoping that a lot of people will start to understand or start, will, will hopefully understand in their way is like, these aren't just like made up stories. This is like alternate realities, right? Alternate dimensions that actually exist, but they're not like, you know, the sacred timeline story, so to speak. Um, and I think with that being kind of this overarching, almost shadow over the whole thing, that kind of has me more interested in it uh because it it is you know maybe it's referenced in the proper actual MCU at some point um i don't know how that could be but i'd love to see like i guess maybe a zombie pop up or something right that'd be kind of crazy if they just had zombie iron man flying around or some shit in one of these movies for a split second it'd be kind of cool to see um i i think one of the things i really kind of like about what if style comics and now what i'm looking forward to about the show is that it also i think like jesse was saying it's it i like the thought experiment part of it of like subverting expectations because i think especially with the films we have this like i can't imagine anybody else being captain america i can't imagine anybody else so it's kind of interesting to be like well here's here's like a little one shot where that you know, somebody else is. And it kind of helps get your mind out of this like very uh, sort of singular perspective that this totally. one actor is is who needs to be Captain America and any other version of that would just be wrong. And it's like, well, here's a Peggy Carter, you know, Captain America and, and show people that like it could be cool. But then the other great thing that I always say, like the thing that goes for MCU but also works against it is continuity. Ultimately, they can't really do very interesting or very cool things because they have to worry about the next 10 years of movies. Like as we're going through the MCU and ranking the different phases, that becomes more and more apparent. You can't do very interesting things or have like and I'm not saying, oh, the movies are boring. I'm just saying like to a certain extent, we kind of know that they can't like this. This movie's probably Ant-Man's probably not going to die in Quantumania like. That's what I mean by like we have a reasonable idea where they're going to end with the shows. I think that's why Loki blew us all away is because we had a reasonable idea where where these shows were going to end in such a way that you don't need to watch them if you want to watch the main the main you know MCU movies. So having a what if series is interesting because it's the only time they get to just not have to care about the movie that comes after or continuity, so they can kind of tell a really narratively different story. And everything that's come out of the MCU thus far. I, I almost like, I just, I don't want to use the word cop out. Cause that's not correct. It's not the way that I would describe it, but the idea of a, what if series where, you know, it's like, Oh, well, star Lord is T'Challa. Right. Or Peggy Carter is Captain America, or you know, all those different things. 
Or, or at least from what you can see, I think it's I think it's like uh, you know, actual Captain America wearing an Iron Man like a Hulkbuster suit, like that kind of, like all that stuff is cool. It's fun, but it also relies on stuff we know. So the fun of it is oh, it's Black Panther being Star Lord. That's wild. When really, I think what they should have done is something that I think a lot of people would have been like hype over. Live action, but it's like Tom Cruise's Iron Man. Or like, you know, like <laughs> they hired other actors sure. to play the characters. Well, they right? they, they said there's going to be multiple it, seasons of it. Um, right, but I mean, like, what if it was just, like, not an animated thing, but it's literally just like, because people are like, there was an article this past week where, where a dude was like, you know, anyone could play Iron Man. Then That's a character they should bring back. Right. And then, and then, you know, the responses were like, no way, dude. I think it would be hilarious if they were like, yeah, no, here's another actor who is going to play the role. Because when you watch Loki, it isn't, Loki isn't, when he sees other Lokis, it isn't like, oh, yeah, T'Challa's Loki, right? It's not like that. It's not like, oh, yeah, no, Star-Lord is a Loki. It's nothing like that. It's it, it's like a monster. And then it's like, you know, like 18 different Loki variants. There's old man Loki, a kid and an alligator. I think it would be funnier and more fun for the audience if it was like, all right, here are five different Iron Men. <laughs> They're all different actors, various ages. And we could, uh, that like kind of thing into would the be. Into the Spider-Verse, but for the MCU. Yes, because yeah. be, that's, what, that's what it really is. Right. The idea that another superhero playing a different superhero is like cool is fine, but that's a gimmick. That's just a gimmick. If they were like, yo, this, all right, Captain Marvel, what if like you wanted, like we, we got you Brie Larson. What if we got you Allison Brie? <laughs> like, what, if it, <laughs> what if they just like, like just kept flipping it? Yeah. That would be insane. I would love to see that. And it doesn't have to be great. It just has to be like, oh my God, that character is being played by a totally different actor. And I can't wait to see what they do with it. And I, I mean, I guess the downside would be like, what if one of the like new people nails it way better than the current cast? Right. That's that's the thing. <laughs> I think from a Marvel point of view, right? Like from an executive point of view, like sure. that is a hundred percent the thing. If a if yeah. a like guest actor outshines the main actor, then they're just kind of like, fuck. Right. All I'm saying is this is this is I love this idea. Iron Man, it's five Robert Downey Jr., Tom Cruise, Jack Black, Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Like this is like have like a wild who like can you imagine if they were just be like, Yes, Jack Black, we want you to be Star Lord. That would be wild. Well, I think we're getting what that is ridiculous. With, I think we're getting that with No Way Home and and kind of a different uh skew of of how we're we're getting that, but I see what you're saying for sure. Uh, I think it's definitely the more. Exp I, I think like pie in the sky that'd be fun to watch, but it's definitely the more. Danny DeVito is the Hulk. Danny DeVito is the Hulk. He already is the Hulk. Come in my on, eyes, right? Like he doesn't have to prove that. He doesn't have to prove that. He I've seen him come out of that couch. That's Hulk activity right there. He's Hulk one on one. Can I interest you in a smash? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be amazing. Yeah. yeah. I guess. I guess the way I see it is with like a dm like dungeon master brain where it's like if it's an ongoing series i have to worry about how i how i dial things in you don't want a tpk you want to have a compelling narrative 
because you know this is a game where this is a game of Dungeons and Dragons we're going to be playing for the next you know several weeks. But if it's a one shot, anything goes, you know. So I kind of that's kind of my take on these. These are like one shots. And they don't even have to build on each other because even though it's a series with several seasons, each one is still, from what they've been marketing, seems like it's still just a one shot. Yeah. I also think from from Jesse's point of view, you're going more goof. They're like trying to be serious in the the stories that they're telling in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. But, but, the, but the seriousness, the, the biggest issue I have is like, Look at anything that's an anthology series or anything that has, it's a series of one shots, right? Mm-hmm. There are going to be, I mean, a great example is like uh, recently the Netflix, like love sex robots, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. There are always going to be ones that are amazing and ones that are dumb as hell. Totally. And the problem is, is that, you know, if you have a what if series like this, and it ends up like, yeah, well, there's just a bunch of dumb as hell ones, but like two good ones. Like at the end of the day, that's that's a loss. I feel, you know, you want them to all be compelling. If it's going to be something that, and there's gonna be a season two of what if, and a season three. Like they can't. If you play with this fire, you will eventually get burned. If you're just like, here's the crazy what if. Like what if you know Nebula had hair? Like what? <laughs> that's that's the conceit. The conceit is Nebula has hair now. I think they're gonna go pretty crazy pretty- with it. Like I, I would, I would, I would bet you that like the Howard the Duck episode is what happened. What if Howard the Duck had the Infinity Stones? Right? Like they're gonna go full on crazy. I don't. Who knows if that's a good cool. story? But like, yeah, like Howard the Duck is like, all right. Yeah, I don't it's know. Definitely one of those things where people are gonna be like, who the fuck is this guy? He showed up for like a second at the end of Guardians, and they never did anything with it. Like, why do I care about this character? Um, hey adults remember howard the duck like that's pretty much what that episode is right right um tell your kids about him he was a duck who could talk look it'll definitely be a a tough uh i don't think it'll be a tough sell but you know 10 episodes of that are we gonna be like episode seven like oh shit like the past seven were so i can't wait for eight i don't know i don't i like that's a lot of episodes of of not necessarily canon, but also canon MCU stuff, right? right. Um, and I, I think the the audience at large will definitely feel that way. But I also think the internet is going to meme the shit out of it, and that's probably what Marvel's hoping on uh, is that it just becomes like this social media uh, yeah. thing where people are like, "Oh my god, look at this! Look at the fucking I don't look at the Hulk is a zombie. He's crazy. He looks like the guy from Left for Dead." To, <laughs> like that type of shit. If there was, if there was justice. We would get a show where it's like, what if Bruce Wayne was Iron Man? If there was justice in, in a this perfect world, world. Yeah. that would be it. That would be the one. Look, I'd be like, look, James Gunn has Malcolm started it. Comics. Yeah. James yeah. Gunn has started it. All right. The DC Marvel uh, joint venture is coming soon. Disney's just going to buy DC. That's what they're going to do. Oh, God. I'm, Could you imagine that? As a- as a fan of DC comic books, it hurts me how not great the DC live action films are. The animated stuff is actually Animation's great. great. Animated stuff's great. Yeah. Yeah, their animated stuff's very good. Although I, I have heard that it, uh... like, it's like a I feel like it's a joke now. Like if, when people say DC they laugh and I'm like do you know how much as a huge Sinestro fan, Sinestro is part of my backdrop, how much that Green Lantern film hurt, y'all. Oh, like, yeah. It's, yeah, they did a dirty 
pouring salt on my wounds. <laughs> they did them dirty. Um, not not MCU related, but uh, Suicide Squad's currently sitting at a ninety six percent with a hundred reviews, ninety seven reviews. So it seems like they at least got a win out of that. Um, but but I think that goes to show the thing that Marvel showed us as well that I think DC should stand to learn is that Marvel for years had movies that sucked. Like there were a few good ones every once in a while, but most of them were trash uh -huh. and they were not good comic book movies. And then they were like, Hey, maybe we should like uh, change that up. And then they started like turning that they turned the franchise and then they around got people that did Marvel movies. <laughs> yes. And so I'm saying DC, <laughs> DC has every ability to be like, look, we clearly tried to make our Avengers franchise faster than it deserved. Right. We tried to like pound out a bunch of movies. Three movies. Justice we got League. the Avengers. <laughs> yeah. We tried to create our justice league as fast as we could to cat. They, it, it like was undeserved. It was rushed. And they, here's the thing. There were, there were other Avengers and like Spider-Man and other properties and Captain America's in the past there. They can easily be like, all right, let's just like, reset this bad boy and start over and they could do that. And fans would be so thrilled. Yeah. You can't tell me a DC fan wouldn't be like, yes, let's go. Uh, Give well, us here's a real Superman movie that, you know, like there's hundred percent. You can do a normal that. fan to be like, what the fuck? We're going to do this again. Like a new, a new Superman really. Right. Uh, so that's, that's mm -hmm. the hurdle, but I agree with you as well as, as like a fan of those characters. I'd love to just see a proper, another yeah. go at it. What's crazy is I, and this is, you know, welcome to our Marvel show where I talk about DC, but like, honestly, yeah. I remember seeing the Man of Steel trailer and the trailer, I was like, yo, that was great. this is what a Superman movie is. Like, it made me feel like, yo, I like am inspired by this film. And then the movie was, was not even remotely that like, it was like, we're going to blow up a city. Like, no, the, the beginning <laughs> of that movie is great. I like the first half of the movie. He takes flight. Credits could have rolled as soon as he takes flight. I've been like, that was great. That's awesome. like, that was, <laughs> that's my Superman right there. Yeah. But, but the idea that it has to, and I think Marvel suffers from that as well, is the first half of the movie is always so compelling. And the last half always has to be like, crank up the world ending. Yeah. We got to do some destruction with a lot of crazy. It's like, you don't music. have to, you don't gotta. Yeah. 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 Yep. Well, we'll uh, we'll see. What if starts next Wednesday? We'll see how that goes. We'll start uh, talking about it on our uh, August the sixteenth show. What else do we got in the world of news? Uh, not necessarily some big crazy uh, revelations, but uh, Kate Heron, the director of Loki, has come out and uh, given a quote to the direct about uh, Kang being the one that has orchestrated everything up until Avengers Endgame. Uh, she says, I suppose, well, by our show's logic, yes, because he was like, I paved the road. You just walked down it. I guess in theory, yeah, he would have scripted that because, uh, that's our scripted by our show. That's what we're saying. Everything has been predetermined by this one character. Even if up until this point, we've believed the characters had free will, which I think is kind of a fun rug pull, uh, of our show. Right. So a little confirmation of that. Not necessarily the biggest, uh, I think most of the audience kind of understood that though. But I do wonder how that's going to, uh, like, what does Doctor Strange think about that, right? <laughs> that's the biggest thing. It's like, what is, how does Strange view all this? Uh, that, that's the big thing that people are excited about. Um, Jesse, I mentioned this uh, to you prior to the show. 
because uh, this man was a what Michael Waldron. What was he? We talked about him before because you you have worked with him before, right? Yeah. So Michael Waldron, uh, when we did our show for YouTube Red, was one of the many people that helped uh, make that show for us. And at the time, he was like working as a assistant to you know one of the producers, and he was like an idea guy, but he really had not a lot of credits. Uh, he was clearly in the industry, and he clearly was like very talented, but he didn't have a lot under his name. And then um, I even looked up on IMDb recently. Like he did, I think uh, a few episodes of Rick and Morty, and then he did like one other thing, and then bam, Loki, and then next, bam, Doctor Strange. And I was like blown away. I was like, this dude blew up. Yeah. And um, you know, it's 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 very clear that he uh has some like good i mean i love loki i thought it was the best one out of the three we've gotten so far so like it's clear the man kind of like knows what's up but uh you know i was blown away i couldn't believe that like our sweet michael was taken off like this i was like my dude i messaged him like congrats man did he message you back it, it, yeah we follow each other on twitter dog. please <laughs> I, I, please. I wondered if he was gonna big time you though you know like uh who were no you he's not one? a big twitter user though so like i gotcha i'll like a thing and then he'll be like thanks <laughs> That's it. yeah he doesn't like he does not a bit like twitter guy yeah. but I, I look i understand some days i wish i didn't have to be on twitter so i get it <laughs> i get that as well well yeah. uh in an interview with screencrush.com uh he's out there making confirmations uh kind of like what kate was just saying uh, he confirmed that there were always multiple universes uh, at once and that the sacred timeline is the loose, quote, script uh, for all of them in which there is no king. Hmm. So, again, hmm. Loki, I think, is going to have uh, a much bigger impact than a lot of uh, folks are, are expecting. And it's also, I wonder if you can, like, put the genie back in the bottle type scenario, right? Like, they can't fix this, I don't think. There's no way that it can be solved. Um, so it's going to be a little, it's going to be interesting to see how they deal with that. Uh, got a couple of other things. Let's just talk about the Scarlett Johansson thing. Uh, I don't know how much we're not lawyers, so we probably won't get into it too much. Um, but one of the bigger stories around the MCU, which makes a lot of sense if you, uh, were privy to how, uh, Scarlett Johansson was doing kind of the press tours and whatnot for Black Widow. Uh, is that she is now suing Disney uh, over Black Widow uh, having a streaming release uh, with the important note being that uh, built into a lot of these contracts, I think Robert Downey was one of the ones who started this at least early on, is um, a lot of their pay revolves around uh, taking a percentage of in-theater like sales, like ticket sales, essentially. And so when, the, uh, when, when Disney Plus... Uh, came into the equation. Scarlett Johansson gets like none of that money, essentially. Uh, contractually, none of that money. And Disney, she's saying that it was a severe breach of contract uh, and is uh, is going up against Disney. So safe to say, we'll probably never see her again. Uh, <laughs> any Disney thing whatsoever. Uh, there's been a bunch of different things out here. Disney responded and said, quote, or and said, quote, there's no merit whatsoever to this filing. The lawsuit is sad and distressing and it's callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of the COVID pandemic. So they're going for the sympathy uh, with uh, the, the COVID sympathy 
with that type of statement. Um, and being that, uh, you know, me and Jesse are part of, uh, the CAA family. So is Scarlett Johansson. So I got to read this. They stood up in her defense and, uh, said Disney has, uh, shamelessly and falsely accused their client of being insensitive to COVID. So it's kind of a wild, believe, uh, a wild thing. I think I saw Feige today was like, yo, yeah, he's pay her confused. the money. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, kind he of in the middle like, of his like, pay up. right. He's, yeah, he yeah. said he was embarrassed by how they were acting, and I have to be inclined to agree because Same. Um, I know a lot of people are like, she got so much money. Okay, so first of all, it's not about the money. It's about the principle because you can apply that same argument to Disney and say they make a lot of money. So that right. I don't understand what your point is there because people keep bringing that up. Like, she made so much money. Okay, and Disney makes a lot of money too. So that argument falls apart there. Second of all, her team did reach out to disney and tried to renegotiate the contract before it went to streaming so and disney did not meet her halfway on that and it's very unfair for disney to now say well you didn't want it to come to streaming don't you care about covid don't you care about all these people who want to watch this movie gosh we're in a post pandemic era and it's like well she's not technically saying that you should have never released it on streaming because her team did reach out to Disney and they did they did try to renegotiate knowing that it was going to be a simultaneous release and that was going to cut into her profit and Disney neglected to come forward on that according to what news outlets have said and what Scarlett's team has said so try to say so I don't know trying to reframe that is such a smarmy move to be like well yeah. you didn't want it to come to streaming no I don't think anybody's saying that it shouldn't have come to streaming. I think she's saying she wants a portion of that because the pay she took was contingent upon her getting a portion of box office sales. And now you've taken a chunk of what she was owed. And I, I know that, you know, when we start talking about millions and millions of dollars, you know, it's very easy to become embittered and be like, wow, well, I would just be happy to have a million. But I urge you to, like, put aside your emotionality and and use your mind logically for half a second and realize like okay but why are you caping for a, one of the biggest companies in the world that's the crazy thing is like reading social you know? media and people like simping the fuck out for disney right it's <laughs> like, so weird oh, Disney's great. it's like come on bro come on yeah, like, <laughs> it's about the principle yeah they it's fucked her the over principle. contractually they, they fucked have... her over it's a breach of contract that's very clear yeah they had the opportunity to cut her, give her a cut on the Disney subscriptions, the Disney Plus subscriptions. They didn't. And now they're trying to appeal to your sympathies by sitting here and saying, well, she doesn't care about, about the pandemic. You guys are like, oh, poor little rich girl. And I'm like, listen, I'm not a big Scarlett Johansson fan, but in the same token, poor little rich company. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, poor little billionaire company. Oh, like, come on. That's it's such a silly. I don't know. I used to I used to do competitive debates. So I'm very much like, you know, I'm like looking at the logic of the thing versus like getting so caught up in like, didn't she make enough money? Didn't they make enough money? Yeah, it's it's <laughs> a it, it's a weird turn of events. Right. Like I but it makes a lot of sense. I, I remember watching the uh, the like Twitter uh, red carpet premiere for Black Widow, and she just wasn't there, right? Like she she filmed a video in like a hotel somewhere, or some shit for the like red carpet mm -hmm. premiere of her 
standalone Disney movie. Uh, and it makes a lot of sense now why, right? Because this was probably all going on behind the scenes of her just being fucking livid at the fact that she can't, you know, make make the earnings potentially because because uh, the Disney Plus was sharing the release uh, along with the theater. But it's in a, you know, COVID obviously is kind of the 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 mix, the, the, the chemical mix to why all this is in a lot of ways, uh, and, and why it actually factored in. I didn't look at the actual sales as well, or, or not sales, but the, um, the like split between the Disney plus release and the theatrical release. I don't know like how much money was actually missing there. Um, it was actually quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and they bragged about it. Like at one point they bragged about the money they made from the Disney plus sales. Uh, because they they had such a strong release on i i believe it was like i think before the international release because it hasn't it, it still hasn't hit certain countries where the pandemic is still in in full effect mm. or is is you know in a different place than it is now i don't want to act like the pandemic has gone away please don't twist my words there but in other you know in other places where um cinemas are not open yet um it still hasn't released, so those numbers are even lower internationally. But if it, don't quote me on this, but I feel like the the split that they quoted was like seventy million in box office sales and close to twenty million in uh, Disney Plus revenue. So like that's that's what we're talking about. Like that's a good chunk of money that would the have updated that numbers came directly. The updated the, the the thing I saw in the lawsuit was three hundred and sixty million total. With sixty million being for Disney Plus, I think at the moment, still a big chunk. I mean, it, it, it is. It is the they have made. What's crazy is they made the note. This is to just tell you how messed up Hollywood is. They made the note to be like the least profitable Mar- Marvel movie by far, and I was like, but why like, is that the note you have to add? Like that's so messed up. But if you look at the numbers, like post pandemic, it is doing the best of any movie movie yes it's making a ton of money yeah for a literally where people are afraid to go to a movie theater it's making a lot of money i think it's so unfair like and and everybody knows our review of this film but i still think it's unfair to take this movie and compare it to every other marvel movie when we are in a post-pandemic situation where a lot of people aren't going to see it the movie got delayed several times like the interest in it began to dwindle i think like my my main annoyance is just with how Disney handled it like yeah I feel like they could have been classy about this dispute or said that they didn't feel she was entitled to Disney plus subscriptions money because there's other things on Disney plus and there wasn't a separate fee to watch Black Widow or was there no there was there was, there um, was 30, anyways, bucks. 30 bucks 30 bucks yeah, yeah. yeah I'm remembering that now I'm like oh yeah it was 30 dollars but it, they could say that it didn't feel that she was entitled to that even though that would be weird if she's entitled to box office sales and not that 30 bucks but the whole that I can't when I first read it, I could not believe that was an official like statement from a company. I was shocked when they were like her callous, what was it, callous disregard or something for the pandemic. I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? I yeah, was just like it's like meanwhile, every Disney park is opening and has opened for like Yes. <laughs> it's like, come on, bro. Come on. Who, who the fuck are you trying to fool? Yeah. It's people it's are hurting. Silly economically after covid you didn't see them make that movie cheap like if you cared so much about covid why didn't you put it on disney plus for ten dollars or free it's just just saying 
but it's, it's just an incredibly no. bad like for a company that's you know it's disney and all these other companies are trying to be like the disney of whatever right like it's an incredibly bad look to talk about like how awesome and inclusive your company is and then like the one leading woman you're like do not pay her <laughs> like that's <laughs> it's a bad look just yeah. pay her the money and sh- shut up like it's it's insane to me that this is an issue the fact that the other producers are like, just pay her. Yeah. Like the other executive producers, it's crazy. So the, the quote from uh, from Feige is, is not, I don't think it's directly from Feige. It says the Hollywood Reporter editor, Matthew Baloney, uh, uh, B- Baloney, maybe is how you pronounce that, not Baloney. Matthew Baloney. It's Bell Oni. <laughs> so it's probably, maybe it's Bell Oni. Um, Bellon. Anyways, in his newsletter, uh, he had a uh, a comment that said, uh, Feige is a company man and not prone to corporate showdowns or shouting matches, but I'm told he's angry and embarrassed. Uh, his newsletter reads in part, he lobbied Disney against the day and date plan for Black Widow, preferring the big screen exclusivity and not wanting to upset his talent. And then when shit hit the fan, the movie started tanking and Johansson's team threatened litigation. He wanted Disney to make this right with her. Disney declined to comment on Feige's statements. Uh, or or just the conversation around Feggy because those weren't actual statements from him. But welcome yeah. to the producer world. Let yeah. me just tell you right now that everything I've ever produced that is ninety percent of it is someone with the money being like, no, nope, this is the way you'll do it. I'm like, but it's better this way. And they're like, no, no, that's yeah, it sucks because <laughs> you can. It's like you all you're doing is fighting with like a guy in a boardroom somewhere who's like. Actually, my opinion is more important. And so, yeah, I can I understand his frustration because your job is to keep the talent happy. These people represent the thing you're like trying to keep going. Yeah. Your only job is to keep them happy and to keep them invested in being like, what a great franchise. You should still watch it. And now you're like, hey, the woman who was in 10 years of our movies is going to be like that. That's trash. <laughs> like you dummies oh so stupid yeah and and part of me also wonders like uh, not wonders knows a lot of this stuff does happen and we just never hear about it and so the fact Mm -hmm. that i think they decided to go public with uh with this and and you know felt like their hands was forced because disney wasn't gonna budge right and so now they're i think they were counting on people uh the public on kind of siding with uh with johansson but I don't necessarily know if it's like a clear cut siding with Johansson. I, I feel like it's pretty split, at least from what I'm seeing in a lot of the uh, the social media takes. So, well, that's social yeah. media. Social media is split on everything all the time. Sure, but but I mean, you have to logically, like again, producer hat on. If this, if our lead female character is one that is upset about the way we've treated her. How are we going to get more young actresses interested in being in our franchise? We've literally said to them, we will accommodate all this other nonsense and pay people all these other things, but we will ignore a request for a contract change. We will uh, like undercut and not pay out to the lead 10-year actress of our films. Like it's, it's a hard, like now you're basically saying like, Hey, other women who want to get involved, potentially we could screw you over too. Like that's, I don't know. It's, it, 
Uh, I don't it's know. Not a good look. I don't like it. Yeah. yeah, it's not a good look. Not a good look. We'll uh, we'll see what happens with that. Most likely, it's probably going to be settled outside of court, and that's all they're going to say. And we're not going to ever hear any numbers, and they're going to move on, right? Like that's usually yeah, I mean, what happens with this stuff. It it, it took a. It, it takes digging to find out what happened with Terrence Howard because I feel like Disney ultimately did a very good job of uh, pushing him out early. Right. And I think with, with Black Widow, since they're like done with that character, I think that's also why they're kind of pushing this because they don't, I think they're just uh, kind of banking on this fizzling out because they just kind of quietly recast, you know, a uh, war machine. There wasn't like a, I feel like you know there was some conversation about it, but what well, also not... wasn't as, it, it didn't have the same. Uh, Marvel wasn't what it is today back then, right? So the the discourse over that mm -hmm. wasn't as large, right? Um, mm -hmm. But I I agree with you, yeah. Like I, I wonder what would happen if they did that today, right? Like how that would go if if what he said was true. I feel so bad. I don't remember all of the details, but basically Terrence Howard is, is it was like their ideal casting and Robert Downey Jr. was not, and they weren't sure how well the film was going to do. And from, I believe from what Terrence Howard said, he took a pay cut in order to bring Robert Downey Jr. on because Disney was not interested in having an actor that had a drug record. That that's what he claims. He took a $1 million pay cut and was, I believe, also the highest paid actor on the first film because he basically vouched for RDJ hard and fought to get him hired. Mm. And they signed a three contract or a three film deal in which War Machine was going to be a very prominent part of the second film. But then when the first film blew up, they basically cut his role and cut his pay and gave all the money they cut from him to Robert Downey Jr., and when he made a big stink about it, they fired him. That's that's essentially his account of the events. And I'm like, that's a horrible way to treat like right. any actor. It, it, it sounds shitty to gloss over this, but a lot of ways that's Hollywood. And Hollywood's always kind of been yeah. shitty, right? Uh, but it is also shitty. <laughs> like, I think both things mm -hmm. could be true. The, the, the thing that I think is interesting is that it's a lot of actors, like you were saying, they, you know, for professional courtesy to other actors or because, you know, they companies like uh, are just always dicks. You can see how someone example like Scarlett Johansson would be like, OK. I want to get this movie made, so mm. I will not be paid a bunch up front, but. I want X percent of the overall like gross that we get at the box office. And a company will be like, of course, because at that point they're not spending a lot of money on the actor. And it's like, oh yeah, we'll just give you whatever we, we earn. And so I can understand how you'd be totally pissed if they then screwed you this way. And I, I'm not sure. I don't know the specifics of it, <clears throat> but I know that um, there is talk of, uh, oh my God, what was the movie that just released? Jungle Cruise. Yeah. And how Emily Blunt is thinking about jumping in on this too. And because even she's there upset. Was a, there was another makes... one too. That, fuck, I forgot who the other actress was. There, there was another actress as well that, that they were thinking oh, about. Oh, uh, 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 101 Dalmatians. Oh, yes. Uh, 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 Emily, no. Emma. Emma Stone. Emma, Emma Stone? Stone. Yeah. Yeah. Got yeah, it. Like, I couldn't think of her name either. Yeah. Like, yeah. And again, that was another thing yeah. where it was. And, and, I, and it makes me wonder. 
what goes on inside the sort of boardroom business level of Disney. Because it seems like for a lot of the male actors, they will pay them up front. And a lot of the female actors, they're like, oh, we'll give you percentage of the gross of the movie. I mean, that, that applies what, that Robert Downey had the same exact deal. He's the reason that yeah. this stuff started. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then it also makes me wonder about like, you know, if Emily Blunt is like, Hey, I'm pissed that you released it on Disney plus. What will the rock say? Cause the rock is technically the star of the film. Mm. So did the, was the rock paid up front? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I simply don't know. It makes me really curious how they operate monetarily at Disney. Like I don't, I honestly have no clue. I'm just guesswork. Yeah. I think in a lot I think of like well go, go ahead bronze well i think like so with the with the terrence howard thing you know i i feel like i feel like the reason it kind of got glossed over is because the mcu was still growing at the time and because he did he never took it to court so we kind of just have stuff he said way after the fact because i think at the time he didn't say there wasn't much publicly about why he was recast and it came at least I remember seeing it like years after the fact where it's like whatever happened, you know, or what? why did that deal fall through? But this is the first time. Okay, how do I put this into words? Scarlett Johansson is one of the highest paid women or is the highest paid woman in Hollywood, I believe. Mm. If anybody has the power and the clout to challenge them or take them to court, it it would be her. Do you know what I mean? So it's like this is the time for some of those injustices to come to light and we are seeing other people kind of jump on it. So I don't think it's fair to be like, well, why didn't any of these other people sue or why, why hasn't this come up before if Disney's so evil and why is the, well, she's kind of the first actress we've seen that can basically for lack of a better phrase, afford yeah. a lawsuit with Disney. Turns like out it's, most it's actors, expensive to sue the biggest company in the world. <laughs> Or one of them, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, how many actors can really do that? You know? And I know it's going to turn into, like, oh, you know, you guys are crying about poor little rich girl, but the precedent this sets could potentially help smaller actors. And I don't understand how people can be so nearsighted. Like, we know that the industry sucks and that studio culture is really crappy. But if if she sues them and she wins this could allow for more fair payment practices and stuff like that to trickle down to smaller actors. And I just don't know how that's lost on people. It's very short sighted to take it as, Oh, well this person, you know, is rich. So who cares if she wins a couple extra million? That means that could help these tiny little actors that are coming into it as well. That aren't arguing over whether it's, they should get 20 million or $30 million, but arguing over whether they should get 400,000 or 600,000, you know, right. And in a lot of ways, that's why Disney most like granted, not a lawyer, blah, blah, blah. But most likely this will not go to court because if it ends up siding with Scarlett, then there's precedent. And then any other actor can decide to go this route if they feel like they're not getting what they're owed. Um, it just it just sucks because if it does end up out of court, nothing will change. Nothing will change. Scarlett will still yeah, 100%. not in the future. She will not be like, oh, Disney's great. She would just be like, I don't want to talk about that garbage. She'll just get like, her money it, and move on with her life. Yeah. Yeah. And at, at the end of the day, all it does is just hurt the, you know, Marvel and, and Disney as like, 
sometimes I wonder what people think. Cause it, it, this is like, it's a no win situation for your corporation. It's so dumb. You're like, we got to fight over a couple million for our billion dollar corporation. Just pay her, you dummies. It's so stupid. Well, it also so makes you wonder like the decision to go public with that couldn't have been an easy one from ScarJo, right? Cause it, it, it's, it's different when you're being attacked as a person rather than when you're being attacked as a corporation or a company for Disney. Um, so like what forced her hand behind the scenes, right? Like what, what actually occurred that, uh, that's not out there in a lot of ways. Cause this was definitely a, I'm going to go public. Good luck. We'll see how this kind of goes for you. I know how it's going to go for me type scenario. So if I, mean, if I had once to guess, again, this is kind of a little bit of, of that privilege from her position, because a lot of people, if they sue 100%. the studio they work for, they have to worry about whether or not they're ever going to get work again, like whether other studios are going to work for them. And that's why this industry, like all these horrible things and unfair hiring practices and, and payment practices happen because they have to worry about it. For her, she doesn't. If she never gets yeah. cast again, she's financially secure. Her name is big enough that she will. Other companies aren't going to be like, well, Scarlett sued Disney, so we're, we're going to stay away from that one. You say that, but... There have been a lot of but, famous actresses who have vanished because yeah, companies are like, no. But if, if but what I'm saying is even if that does happen to her, she's fine. She's fine. Right. You know, but if that were to happen to somebody that's still coming up. Like, I, I'm not going to get into the whole list, but like after the, the, the movements that have hit Twitter and, and, and some of your favorites from Buffy, not naming names, I'm just saying, look into it. You would be shocked how many people actresses careers were cut short because they pushed somebody or argue with somebody on something right yeah mm -hmm. behind the scenes totally 100 yeah. percent. usually you can't speak up about that shit <laughs> at all yeah. um so yeah we'll see what happens time has to move forward for that stuff to to move forward and i'm sure this won't be the last we hear of it um although it might be the last we hear about it at all uh it really just depends on on what's happening behind the scenes so uh, a little bit more news here. Uh, I'm not going to show the photo. There is a No Way Home set leak, though. If you don't want spoilers Ooh. for No Way Home, stop listening for five or ten minutes. Uh, <laughs> just look at our mouths, but don't, you know, don't leave, but, like, just mute and then just stare at us. Yeah. Please. Uh, Please. You can join the show when we switch over the tier list. How about that? That'll be a bigger uh, thing because I don't have... Uh, I don't have spoiler graphics. Do you have a link that we can uh, maybe stick in yes, the chat if yes. people want to? Uh, here is the link in chat. Uh, click at your own spoilerage. Uh, and I'm going to describe it as well. So it is on a blue screened road. On the right is Doctor Strange, most likely standing in front of the Sanctum. And on the left is Spider-Man hanging out, talking. <laughs> so... I think that uh, is pretty much confirmation. Uh, if you needed it, if you needed more of it, that we're going to have Dr. Strange uh, in, in No Way Home. We also had a uh, thanks to our, our toys, everyone's favorite toys. I don't know where this is uh, coming from, um, what, what toy this is. Um, but the description, which I'll read now, uh, says Spider-Man colon No Way Home deluxe six-inch action figures wave one set of two. Uh, the future of reality has never been less certain than in Spider-Man No Way Home. 
deluxe six-inch action figures. What madness will be unleashed as Peter comes face-to-face with unlimited possibilities, just like the possibilities of fun you'll have with these deluxe action figures. I love reading this type of copy. It's great. Uh, Extra actions mean extra fun. Blasting goodness knows what through magic new... What? Hold on. What is this? Extra action means extra fun, comma. Blasting goodness knows what through magic new adventures. Well, I mean, obviously. Maybe this is like well, translated obviously. or something. <laughs> uh, Madness fun. Yeah. This one says, strange oh. things are afoot with these 12-inch action figures bringing together all sorts of weirdness from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, what is the full image here? It says, Titan Hero Spy, Titan Hero Pioneer, Titan Hero Explorer. Uh, oh, I think those are just like the varieties of Spidey, maybe. Gotcha. Okay. And then uh, swing into terror with the new Spider-Man No Way Home six-inch action figures with lots of articulation and potentially multiversal consequences. Each figure draws its inspiration from the movie and potentially other movies, too. The case includes eight individually packaged web slingers and sinister people. And sinister people? <laughs> so there might be six of them. We've There's got so six sinister folks coming up. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Read that sentence again. That is an amazing sentence. Uh, uh, the case includes eight individually packaged web slingers and sinister people. And then it says 1X Spider Man 3 movie six inch basic figure pioneer, explorer, thunder, and spy. Subject to change. Sinister people. <laughs> I like that. I like that. It's great. It's great. Uh, oh, it's an amazing, what an amazing. That is. Why? Why even bother doing that? And sinister people. Yeah. If there is, if there is a scene in the movie where it's like these sinister people. If anyone says the phrase "sinister people" in this movie, I'm out. I'm just gonna get up, and be like, I'm. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> like, these are some sinister people. I'm gonna be like, nope, I can't. I'm out. Can't do it. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Uh, and then there's two other little bits. Uh, James Gunn out there talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Uh, and in that it will contain, quote, stuff you need to learn before volume three. So they're going to get me to watch a goddamn holiday special of Guardians of the Galaxy in a couple of years, which crazy. Uh, and then another thing is uh, the Better Call Saul writer Marion Dare, I guess is how you pronounce her name. Uh, has been set as a showrunner for a mystery Marvel studio series. So I don't know what that's going to be. Interesting. She's working on something. She's working on something. It's crazy to think that they're actually going to add to the current list of MCU releases of the next couple of years because it seems already fucking stacked. It seems crazy. It would give me more reason to turn on Disney+. Plus. Hey, I've been watching Tuner, or Tuner and Hooch. Uh, Turner and Hooch. It's not bad. Also, the Mighty Ducks uh, show. Yeah. It's not bad. Mm, no, not bad. I got no. I I barely use Disney Plus, and I only use it once a week to watch like the one new Marvel show they put out. Yeah. So, some of the other my Marvel box bad. is doing great. Did you watch the Bad Batch at all? Thumbs up. Um, thumbs down I watched. On bad Batch? I watched. Uh, I uh, I'll eventually watch the rest of it. The first episode, amazing. After that, I was like, ah. We're back to standard BS Star Wars animation. Great. <laughs> yeah, well, it's me again. All right, come on. 
Let's go. All right. Oh. Look, Dave Filoni's a great man. Okay. Let him do what he wants. Dave Filoni may love his lore, but I can only stand so much animated Star Wars before I'm like, oh. Yeah. Let him do what he wants. No. Anyways, chat, it's time. We're at the uh, the the main thing, the main portion of our show. We got to rank some phase two movies. Oh, thank God. I'm ready. Oh, I'm ready. We got to rank some phase two movies. Oh, I'm ready. You have no clue how ready. I, so earlier I said that I hated phase two, but I realized there's also two of my favorite movies are in phase two. So it's like, I don't know how to describe. I will say this. Okay. I'm going to start this with the introduction. That I think we well, all let's, need. Let's do, let me do this before you begin. The six movies in phase two, Iron Man three, Thor, the dark world, Captain America, the winter soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy 1, Avengers Age of Ultron, and Ant-Man. Jesse, please continue. I have a theory that I think goes against all rational thought. (laughs) Great. Everyone I know complains about, uh, you know, like, oh, we talked about this last week a little bit too, like, Oh, uh, comic book movies. They're just like, you know, like I'm over it. They're just like, they're all the same. I propose to you that comic book movies have gotten better after watching phase one and Shocking. two. Phase one and two are like, there's some good films, but most of them suck. <laughs> like most of them are not good. And recently phase three and four, I've been like really impressed with those comparatively. I went back and started watching some of those and was like, oh my God, these are so much better. Phase two has some, I spent all week watching phase two. Hey, you went back you. and rewatched them. I instead some watched of all of are... Punisher season one, season two and bronze. Did you go back and watch them? Did you watch any of them? Yeah. Okay. Thor was a lot worse <laughs> Than I remember <laughs> Thor two is way worse than I remember it. It's I got, watched that film and was yeah. like, it's hard to defend. It is. It is. I'm really sorry. I remember not. I remember being like, ah, eh, it is okay. And now I'm like, is it? <laughs> the beginning it the is worst fine. sin of all. The ending is bad. It has the worst sin of all. It is boring. Yes. When you see what Hemsworth can do in Thor 3 acting wise, to see the way he acts and plays Thor and Thor 2, where he's like, brother, we like he, it's like a serious (laughs) dramatic role. And you're like, this sucks. This is also (laughs) Natalie Portman is lovely. Natalie Portman can act up a storm. Natalie Portman can do amazing things. But Natalie Portman in Disney and Natalie Portman, like, Oh, she Natalie hated. Portman Star Wars, Natalie Portman uh, Marvel sucks. Here's sucks. The, I love Natalie Portman. She is. They do. They criminally the thing, underuse her in these films. Behind the scenes, I think that she actually was like the the un the poorly kept secret is that she fucking hated uh, the the directors in both of these films, uh, and and she felt like severely underutilized. So I'm excited to see what happens with uh, with Taika because apparently she's. I the hope they let her there. have fun. Because yeah, she oh gets my to be God. Thor. I think she's having a good time. The whole movie you know, sucked. I ugh. You know what was my takeaway from like re-examining Thor and Thor 2, especially Thor 2? I was like, 
somebody did their research on the comics and took the font too seriously. <laughs> you know what I'm talking? That true. was literally. True. I was, like, I was like, okay. I was like, y'all took the font to heart here. Like you saw the 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 font on the speech bubbles, and the you know, old the director English. was like, yeah. The director was like, bet. <laughs> and I'm like, not, nah, bro. That was just a stylistic choice. You didn't need to go that far. You know, like that. That was kind of like they completely missed the the soul of what makes you know Thor a, a, a you know a fun and compelling comic, and kind of just got caught on that font because to me, Ragnarok is the most Thor we've ever had. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Right yeah. down to like the immigrant song and like how it's just like metal. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, it's a freaking god of 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 of, of thunder and lightning, and he throws hammers and flies. I, like this should be the most. This should be painted on the side of a van. Okay, that should be your goal with the Thor movie. I do painted on the side of a van, not like I'm telling you. This person saw the font and was like, bet. Well, I think when you look at you. Uh, Kenneth Branagh's or however you fucking say his name, uh, track record of, of what he actually does for the first movie and then what they, the, the other director whose name I'm blanking on for Thor 2 tried to continue, it makes a lot of sense why they went in that direction. But I think it could be argued that the reason why Thor 3 is the way it is because the first two was such a bad take on how to do Thor. They were like, yeah. Taika, we're tagging you in. Do something fucking crazy, right? And they just said, screw it. Let's see what happens. What's what's crazy? I counted. I want to let you know. Once I realized I was uh, 35 minutes into the movie before one joke was cracked by any character, <laughs> I began to count. There are five laughs in the movie. Five total laughs in that movie. Do they the come rest from of Darcy? It is, played, is Darcy the, uh, the laugh? Many real? of them come from. I think it's like three come from Darcy and two come from Loki, right? Sure. But every other character is played so incredibly seriously, and I forgot. That they really, really tried to make it like, and this, I could be wrong, but this is the vibe I got having watched through all phase two. Thor was like, this one's for the ladies. That's what it, like, it was like, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to give you the love story. It's terrible. It's not good. They missed the mark completely, but it feels like they went really hard into the love story territory and like. It is it's not good. It's simply terrible. And the more I watched it, I was like, this only gets worse and then every time it wasn't thor and loki i was like i could i look i understand poor jane is going through some shit but i simply don't care like i was like i don't care and then i was like oh i kind of like the dark elves they're like a neat concept except they got criminally underused man they're totally underused and yeah. it doesn't matter what their plot is because you definitely can tell some producer was like this is thor 2 not dark elves 2 so nobody cares F it. It's a it's a bad movie. It's not good. It's so boring. Oh my god, it's so boring. Yeah. There there are some very good uh, I think the one thing that I can say about every Marvel film ever released. There are good scenes in bad movies throughout this entire thing. Sure. Part 2 has a lot of like good scenes that are very memorable and they've actually like gone back and and used and utilized in a lot of the stuff. Uh, specifically the stuff with his mom and Thor too. Um, and, and, you know, kind of figuring out how they want to, uh, they definitely know what they were doing when they go back and pull those scenes. Right. Cause they were like good mm. moments, but it also me... sucks because like, I wish we could have known and like learned more about Freya as a character. Right. 
And four, is it just four. me or I, I don't want to piss off the Whovians, but when Eccleston doesn't give a shit about a project, you can, you can just tell, right? Am I crazy? When who? Sorry. Like, when when Eccleston, that's his name, right? Uh, Let me hold see. up. Am I, cra- am I having a Jesse moment? Eccleston? When Tom Morello doesn't give a shit about a problem. <laughs> no, Ec- Eccleston's in Thor the Dark World. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm not crazy. Yeah. Am I crazy? Okay. So, like, y'all Our made me fr- think he yeah, wasn't Frig in this movie. When he doesn't. I didn't. Holy shit. That was film, him. Doesn't it? Yes. Yes. Holy he, shit. I didn't know that. He, is, am I crazy? Because I feel like he's capable of being a great actor, but you can tell when he does not care. I've I feel like I I can just tell when he's like, I hate this show, or I hate this movie. <laughs> you know, I feel like he just has a vibe of like I don't want to be here. I don't know if that's his accent, but I feel like he walks on set and he's like, I don't want to be here. What What do you want me to say? You want me to say this? Which camera? That one? All right. Well, let's let's roll it then. You know, I I get that's the sense I get. Maybe he's actually very professional and very passionate. Maybe he is, but he's always giving me vibes where he's like, "I don't want to be the doctor." Here's the thing, you know. So I'm going to be very honest about just how little I care about this nerdy shit. Here's the thing. This is what uh, his character Malika looks like in the books, right? That's a pretty badass looking dude. I feel like the the MCU version looked like something out of uh, what was that John Travolta film that he that's like criminally Battlefield Earth. It looks like something out of what? Battlefield Earth. He looks like a like side character in Battlefield Earth. It looks real bad. Let me see if I can find I, an image of him in Thor too. Let me just tell you another thing I noticed in this movie that if we're just gonna destroy this movie, we need to. Uh, I'm in. Um, another thing, this movie that I, I I haven't seen in a while. So when the movie started up and Odin is like, my son, you must ignore your longing for this earth girl. She will die long. Like, you know, that whole thing, like she will be dead and you will have lived many lifetimes. It's a good scene. I like it. You know, and it's like, oh, Okay. Like, I get where this is kind of going. He's like, you should set, you should like totally bang Sif instead. And <laughs> Sifla's like, oh, hey, wink, wink, wink. That was and a I weird like, storyline, oh. yeah. I was like, did I forget that there's a plot line involving Thor and Sif and then like a love triangle with Jane? And then like he goes back and he sees Jane and literally like in the background, you could almost say like, I don't want to wait. Four lives to be over. Like they have a moment where they see each other in the rain and he's like, I came back for you, Jade. Yeah. She's like, ice. And she slaps him. She's like, I wait for you, bitch. And then he like, I have to take you back to Asgard. And they go back to Asgard. They and Sif's there. Yeah, they, and they Sif is just like, away. this. Yeah, and Sif's like, this bitch. And you're like, oh, this is me a thing. And then Thor's like, Sif, I need you to look after Jane while I go handle some shit. She's like, okay, I'll do it. And I was like, can't wait for the scene where they finally talk. Sif is not in the rest of the movie. <laughs> she <laughs> is gone. It's that plot line ends. Well, doesn't she leave? Forty-five minutes fight into the film, on one of the other nine realms, or so? that's how this no! movie opens, right? Was the fight no! scene on one of the nine realms? It, it the movie opens with a fight scene, yeah. on one of the nine realms. The one that I guess is I think like they're in like Vol or 
They're on some like frost planet. Yeah, like, and and so one of the four stays there. Yeah, the they're like you should stay behind because we don't need you for this film. And so he's like, okay, Vanaheim. And then, yeah, and then the rest of the movie is literally like. Sif is supposed to be taking care of Jane. She vanishes until the very like last act where they're like, we have to get off Asgard. Only Loki knows the way. And Sif is like, this bitch. And then she helps. And then is get again <laughs> gone for the rest of the movie. Literally, they make a plot line about like, hey, Thor, you should get with the literal woman who is your wife in mythology instead of Jane. And and it's like, okay, I should deal with this. I should. And then is dropped. It's a plot she, line that is straight up dropped. Dude, she had to go and then to she doesn't Agents show, of She doesn't even appear in the third movie. She had to go to Agents everyone. of S.H.I.E.L.D., Jesse. She had to go to the Uncannon land. Every other one of those characters shows up in the third movie and is murdered. She is not even in the third movie. So it gives me hope that they'll like do something with She's her character. She's back in the third one. The few, or the fourth one. Right. It gives me hope they'll do something with her character. But like literally... I was in it. I was like, oh, I don't remember this plot line at all. Oh, this could be interesting. Maybe this is like some fun. They pl- No, there's a reason why I didn't remember the plot line because it vanishes. I, they go back to Earth and they and do it a fight. Vanishes. The fight scene on Earth is real silly too because they throw the hammer, then the hammer keeps going through portals and it's like it turns into this like uh, like Looney Tunes hammer of it just <laughs> flying through different portals trying to get back I to Thor while he's getting his ass beat. <laughs> I forgot there was a scene where jet fighters show up to shoot down the spaceship and get sucked into a portal, and then at the end of the movie, come back out another portal. Yeah. Like, those guys are fine. Don't worry. We didn't kill any they humans. They're fine. They had a, they yeah. had Meanwhile, a the entire city of London, like an entire section is destroyed. A room full of students is blown up. Yeah. But like those fighter pilots, they, they're all right. They didn't get sucked into another world. <laughs> they're fine. It's crazy. Well, that tested poorly if you see the military <laughs> lose Students kill them, but like soldiers, they're fine. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. So let me ask you both this, because we got to do some rankings instead of just shitting on Thor 2 here. Is Thor 2 the worst movie of Phase 2? Can you put it at a 7? Oh, 100% the worst movie. Can you put it at like, can you just leave it down there at the bottom and not put it at a ranking? We got to put it. Well, for bronze. Can you leave it off the list? Like, we just want to forget about it. Bronze is Thor (laughs) 2 number 6. For you yeah i'm gonna say yes for me it's so i don't bad. necessarily it's have so an argument i don't think it was as bad as you two uh put really? it out to be but i think it might be the worst of phase two i would agree with that okay fair yeah that's fair yeah so let me ask you this because i think i i was i think both of you are going to put winter soldiers number one right it's between that and guardians for both of you i would say I mean, I would I would agree with both. I, I think that it's a that the toughest choice of this entire phase number is yeah. is number one because I, I yeah. having rewatched Guardians, we should man, do that that's last. a fun movie. That's a fun that ass last. movie. Yeah, we yeah. should do that last. We should do that last. So what's uh, what's five? Are we putting uh, Thor or not Thor? Sorry, uh, Iron Man. See now here, this oh, one's yeah. Tough for, I would agree. Uh, Iron Man broke my heart. As an Iron Man fan, I wanted to put that at six because I just, that movie is so upsetting to me. I don't know let me, how to put it into words. Let me, it's just so upsetting are you gonna to me. Fight, are you going to fight this one? Can what I is, make an what argument? Are you do? Fight it for fourth? This is, this is, can uh, I make an okay, argument okay. that Age of Ultron okay. is worse? Make your argument. 
That's my argument. Age argument. of Ultron's worse. Like I felt like it was an Avengers movie that felt like uh, it wasn't an Avengers movie. There, like, there's very two or three scenes in that <laughs> movie. But that here's are good. what I'll say. Here's what I'll say about that. I, no matter what, must give Age of Ultron a bump in score okay. because I love James Spader so so much. He does carry like, that movie. I love James Spader in a way that, like, I can't even describe. He carries so, that movie, huh? Like, I cannot argue he that. He is very good. And, you know, I, I I feel like I don't have the connection Bronze has with Iron Man. Like, I know you love Iron Man. And so, yeah, I know. Like, that movie broke my heart. <laughs> and so I can understand. I mean, like, having watched through it this week, it's an Iron Man movie where most of the film he's not Iron Man. Yeah. It's an Iron Man movie. It's an Iron Man movie where the villain is like not not a villain. It's an Iron Man movie where like you know they need an excuse to show off Gwyneth Paltrow's abs. Like the latter half of the film, the last ten minutes is just so silly. Like her shirt is torn for no reason, and it's so obvious they were like, "Well, all the guys show all their bodies, so we gotta have Gwyneth Paltrow show her body too." And that whole bit at the end where she's like grabbing the repulsors and then like doing, I was just like, just jettison me into the void. There's, this is there's the last solo Iron Man film we get. This, this, this is I the need send all of off. You, I need everyone, please, please go to Disney Plus. Go watch that end scene. There is a moment. There's like, Specifically you know, a, a cinematic. Part. Yeah. Oh, I'm about to tell you. Okay. There is a moment where. Gwyneth Paltrow's character, um, like the crane piece that she's on, like collapses and splits in two. Yeah. And her part of the crane starts moving across the catwalk, right? And one of those slow, it's moving. So Tony has time to catch up, right? And so it's Tony jumping and again, no Iron Man. It's just Tony Stark running and doing all this like superhuman stuff. And the entire time, Pepper Potts is hanging out of the like hanging kind of upside down out of the uh like half open container where her hair is like dangling and she's flexing in a way that like her abs are kind of there and she's like still though holding on with both hands yeah so at any point in time and that five minute chase scene she could have pulled herself up gotten inside and not been dangling there but even when Tony goes to get her, he's like, I'm here, Pepper. And she's still just holding on, dangling over the edge. It's like, girl, you could have saved yourself five minutes ago. It is What are those abs for? It's like that scene from Batman of like, oh, what's the point of all those push-ups if you can't even lift a bloody log, you know? Like, it's like, what's the point of all that core work, If you Pepper, can't lift yourself. If you can't even fucking lift yourself up. <sighs> Everything about that last part of the movie was so horrible. I just didn't understand it. And it felt like they were doing the thing where they were like, well, Iron Man is really strong with all with his suit. So we have to figure out a reason why he doesn't have the suit or he's never in the suit or that the suits just suck because, you know, and but we also need to have like 40 suits because the thing is, is like he's just so powerful with the suit. And I'm like, so give him a powerful villain. You guys don't have an issue with this in the comics. And then the entire thing with the Mandarin, like being being set up to, in my opinion, be a really cool villain. Then him going that he's been made like, I'm an actor. I was just like. That was real weird. Was like, that, that was a I, weird part. You, 
I think that the, I agree everything you said about Gwyneth Paltrow at the end and, and that whole thing. But I do think the idea that all the suits were like, you know, that, that it was kind of the lead in to what, um, or wait, no, this the, Iron Man three is, it's the first movie of phase two, right? So it's right after the mm -hmm. first Avengers. Okay. It's the so first it, it's phase a, two. It's yeah. a lead into Ultron then. And it sets up like the idea that he has like, you, you know, the, the Iron Man suits, the, I forgot what they call them. There, there's a terminology for it, but it sets up Ultron in that way. And so, like, I enjoyed that aspect of it, and it was kind of a cool lead-in. Um, and I like, I, don't. I like seeing the different suits. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of just seeing different suits that do different things. I don't know what that is called, whatever that is called. I love when movies do that, where they do multiple things that have, like, very specific uses. Um, but, 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 again, it doesn't make sense. JP, How you so? just explain why it doesn't make sense. How so? All right, let me give. So, having watched, so I started watching into phase three and four, right? Because uh, the only way I can get through any workout in my life is by keeping my mind occupied with something else. Sure. So, I it. literally yeah. would just watch all the movies. Yeah. And so I started into phase three and four. And let me tell you a thing <laughs> that makes no sense. Okay. At the end of Iron Man 2, uh -huh. the promise he makes to pepper right is he's like he blows up all the suits he's like no more suits it's about you and i now and that's supposed to be the moral of the thing he it's christmas the suits explode it's like fireworks in the sky for two right? or three that's supposed at the end of three three at the end yeah, of three yeah, he blows yeah. up okay. yeah, yes. he blow, yeah, uh, yeah i'm sorry if i said two but he like blows up all of the suits i think it was christmas or maybe it's fourth of july what it doesn't matter but the fireworks in the sky I think it was and, christmas. and it's supposed to be like a beautiful memory of like hey i've chosen pepper over this stuff Right. And then in Avengers Age of Ultron, he is now making other suits. He's back to making suits, but they're like robots now. They're the and Iron that's how Legion. he's going to protect them. Yeah. yeah. And that, but then in but that was part Endgame, of his promise. He wasn't in those suits. Right. They were just like robots. It's crazy. Then in Endgame, <laughs> he is back to like, well, I, I don't have any suits anymore. And I just developed this like, you know, nanotech thing as yeah. just backup protection. So it's like they, they, it's like Age of Ultron as a plot is the most important of all the Avengers movies. But at the same time, for Tony Stark, they just like are going to ignore what happened in Avengers 3, skip over it, create a bunch more Avengers, like, uh, 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 I'm sorry, uh, Iron Man 3. They're going to ignore what happened in Iron Man 3. They're going to skip over that plot give Tony a bunch of Iron Man suits, then re-destroy them all, then go back immediately to him and Pepper being like, yo, don't worry, I've chosen you over Iron Man. It's crazy to think that that's well, the, the trajectory that, of that character. Sure, yeah. but that's that's less Iron Man 3 and more just how they decided to do the rest of those movies. Well, I mean, agreed, but also... But I, I realize that also goes against my statement that I said at the very beginning of this, but I, I do believe that's I... to be true. I really liked how they kind of resolved some of that. I know it didn't come until later, until Homecoming. But I think one of the most heartfelt parts of Homecoming was, like, Tony is, like, kind of trying to, it seems like, let go a little bit. And, like, he remote controls a lot of the suits. And he's always, like, keeping an eye on Peter. And then the one time he's like, you know, I, I literally cried in the movie theater when he's like, if you really cared, you would be here. And he the helmet flips up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I tear up remembering that scene. I was like, oh, he's there. Like, it was just such a special moment because it's like 
I feel like it marks his character as like starting to become more hands off. Like, I feel like it was supposed to be one of those things where it's like, you know, after Iron Man three, like he's supposed to be a little bit more hands off, but then they needed him there. Like, because he's, he's He's Iron Iron Man. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like they had a hard time navigating that, but in some of the following films, they did it so well that it gives us an idea of what it could have been. You know, and that they they missed the mark with it where it's like, well, but I don't know if still... we can count that against the movie because another movie was good. But it but it no, no, makes no, I'm not... but it makes you understand how bad Iron Man three was. Thank you. <laughs> Comparatively yeah, to the good Jesse ones, you can see how badly they messed up with Iron Man three. Yeah, I'm not marking it down because that scene from Homecoming was good. I'm more hmm. so marking it down because I don't think the idea was is a bad one i think the delivery it was so flawed you know it's not like well there's no way they could have made a good film with this content it's like well we've seen them do it it's it's more so that they just could not narratively figure out or visually figure out how to nail that and make it consistent so what you end up with is a very wishy-washy character that doesn't seem to have i guess like any type of agency or or even understanding of what he wants to do couldn't a lot of that also be said for characters in ultron though oh yeah i mean yes i'm not comparing the movies one because what we're doing is comparing the movies against another not like against the the grand scheme but 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 if you look at if you're comparing them against each other yeah age of ultron i think has a very fun opening it introduces two very important characters it introduces uh, you know, Ultron is a fun villain. It gives us backstory. Just getting characters. choked up about this. <laughs> I had to burp. You know, getting choked up about burping. But like, <laughs> it, it it gives us all of this stuff that, even though not done in what I would say the best way, it's I believe. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was one half done by a Buffy guy. And then one, and then finished by someone else. I think that's what it was. I don't remember. Or maybe it was Whedon came in to finish it. I think Whedon came in to finish it. Either way, it's a movie that definitely is like, oh, Joss Whedon did stuff to this movie. Because you can tell it has like his thing, you know? Like yeah. the Whedon things that happen that you're like, you know, maybe 20 years ago was was cool. But now you're just like, oof. And, um, you know, it, it, it isn't it isn't uh particularly no that was it was all week that was justice league was what it? we were thinking about oh boy well whatever the case may be it is it is yeah i mean i think the difference like the joss whedon of the first avengers movie it's easier because it's a smaller scope but i don't think joss whedon can do big scope films but whatever the case may be um in this movie it's one where we have like there's a lot of compelling parts to it compared to iron man three which is like the villain sucks i mean even killian i think is his name the the bad bad guy his plot is literally tony stark is like hey kind of weird nerdy guy go up to the roof and i'll meet you there in five minutes and he stays up there all night and he's like i was going to kill myself because <laughs> That's of you villain arc, yeah. but instead i developed a technology that turns me into a super villain like that is his plot and his well, grand scheme is he's like 
The only villain that can get away with things is the villain that is never seen, which is why I created the Mandarin. And you're like, this sucks. Like the villain sucked. Tony Stark, the hero, is never, he's Iron Man in like two scenes, right? He's only Tony Stark. The Pepper Potts plot line goes nowhere until she's used at the end to like give her a cool scene that's not even really that cool. The plot line with um, Iron Patriot is literally used as a joke because mm. the joke is it's called everyone's like iron patriot sucks what a dumb name and then the password to hack it is war machine 68 or something like that yeah. right like or like war machine rules or whatever the hell that so like the goof is the whole time that like he's like no iron Patriot's is pretty cool is in the end he likes war machine better like that is it plays no other role all he does at the end is he's like come with me mr president and they flies like it is that's criminally underused the entire like the 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 uh, the idea of um they go for like a sappy moment at the end of the film with like his his robot friends who the only reason why you care is because they had important roles in the first two movies you know like the little <laughs> wait, like wait oh, what are his, those oh, guys oh those guys oh the yeah, little, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the only reason why those you are like, like oh he saves them friends. at the end is because of the other two movies right this one they're gone in the first like 30 minutes. So what that, you know, there's one scene with them. So they aren't even like major characters. So they pull on that heartstring like, oh, well, you like the Iron Man movies, right? Mm. It, it's not good. It's 100% five. Yeah. It is better than Thor 2 because Thor 2 truly sucks. <laughs> Iron Man 3 is just a letdown. <laughs> Iron Man 3 is just a letdown. Yeah. Not, I didn't like it. It's the not terrible, but it's just like not good. I didn't like the design of the suit, the Coke vanilla style they went for. Mm. I can't look at this film objectively, JP. It's between you and Jesse because I think I am going to hate no, it. No, no, you have to because it, it'll be a you got to be the tiebreaker, which is fine. That's just how it goes. There's three of us. There must always uh, be a tiebreaker. That's uh, how it goes. I mean, I'm putting it at five. I okay. it's too upsetting. That's, that's to where me it goes. The, I would swap it the, in my I mean, personal the, list, but that's how it goes. Yeah, Mandarin. I get like the Mandarin. I'm going to call it the cock tease. The Mandarin cock tease was annoying because I think we thought we were going to get that character. We didn't. The extremist cock tease was annoying because we could have had a great plot line. Extremist could have been it. real sick. Yeah, they, they could have done know? some stuff with that. Like if they want to have Pepper Potts be uh, what's her name? Lifeline or whatever. Uh, just do that. A rescue. Sorry. Instead, they did this stupid half baked thing where she's useful, but she's not useful. Like just no. I'm sorry. Hey, it's it's, it's a, just a big case of the blue balls. That's my review of Iron Man 3. The big case of the blue balls because it's all these things that could have been great and could have got your engine running, but instead you're just left frustrated. Thank I'm, you. I'm, all the movies are... Is it Iron Man 2 where they fight with the DJ... With the the DJ AM yes, is that Iron Man with 2? the DJ in the okay. background at Man Tony 2. Stark's house and the Iron party guests are like oh yeah okay this is Iron, the one where Iron Man 3 is where they blow up the building like 30 minutes into the movie right yes yeah. Iron Man which 3 which I thought was probably is, the best scene in the film it's i mean it's it's fun but again it makes it, it makes no sense like Tony Stark is like hey mandarin oh holy shit the way they get there do y'all remember the way they get there helicopters no, no, I mean, like, just like the scene progress is literally. Yeah, what's her name shows up. And his then... friend is attacked, <clears throat> and Iron Man goes to the uh, the 
uh, like press, right? He's outside oh, the hospital. Yeah. He's outside the hospital. And the press, yeah, 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 this yeah, guy yeah. with the phone is like, Tony Stark, do you want to kill the Mandarin? And he's like, yeah. Is that what you want me to say? Is that what you, oh yeah, I want to kill the Mandarin. And if the Mandarin wants to find me, here is my address in Malibu. And it's like, hold on. You're telling me he's that dumb that he <laughs> thinks the Mandarin who is like secretly organizing all sorts of shit around, isn't going to show up with like 85 helicopters. He, like, dude, dude, that's the, that's the crux of the movie though, is destroying his ego. The man, the man, the, the, they're, that's the whole the crux hell? of the movie. The whole plot of the movie is to destroy his ego and show that he's think about, he's more than think just about the how suit. This is JP. That go back and watch that. The helicopters I've seen it. I'm almost times. certain are the news helicopters that have secret turrets that open up and have rockets in them. Uh, I don't think they're news helicopters. I think they're just helicopters. I'm telling you, that on come the side of the one of the helicopters is like News Channel Five. I'm telling you, no, that's because they were actually there were news helicopters on one side no, that were filming but, but it. At one point, it shows the side of it. And it goes. <laughs> And it says like I'm telling you, I swear that's what I saw. I, I'm almost positive. I'm I'm think that I, I might be wrong. I didn't. I, I, it's been maybe six months. Since I I've could seen be that. wrong. Here's the thing. I could be wrong too. I did say Tom Morello was the villain. In there the, were definitely news helicopters there that were all around his house because remember the his Ollie stop his like report or his uh, the 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 woman that he got extremists from like shows up. And they have to like verify and let her in type deal. Cause he walks also, outside. What a terribly in a underused character as well. She shows yeah. up and she's like, Tony, I was in your backstory for this movie and now I'm here. Also, we will not interact for the rest of the movie. Instead, I'm going to go drive Pepper Potts for one scene and then get shot. That is her role. She serves no purpose in this film other than to be like, well, Killian wasn't smart enough to create extremists. So she did. And then he took it. And so she serves no purpose in this film other well, than to plant. die. She was the double agent, right? I li it's hard to it's hard to care about a double agent when she's like, Tony, if you just join us. Oh, I'm dead now. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> oh, it's not a good movie. It's not good. I'm fine. I'm fine with it being at, uh, you know, this is all part of my master plan of why Ant-Man 1 was the best movie. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> is Ant-Man I, I think the conversation now I'm okay Ant-Man's mm -hmm. ranking much higher than I thought it would be uh, amongst the three of us is Ant-Man 3 really? or Ant-Man 1 number 3 oh yeah with the, how much you guys shitted on Ant-Man I was very worried about uh, it being uh, <laughs> lower I don't feel like we shit on it uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think just... we shit on it or if we roll the tip if we roll the tape back from uh, you know <laughs> all I'll say is it is a fun movie, but mm -hmm. nowhere, anywhere near my favorites. But because, and when we go to our our huge MCU list and we have to compile all this stuff together, yeah. I promise you, it will not be number three there. But <laughs> because Phase Two has so many bad films, it is three. It is the easy number three. In fact, I I can easily say in a perfect world, I might even put Guardians and Winter Soldier like. If this were we were doing rankings, I'd be like S rank for sure, and then I'd have A, B, well, maybe it'd be B, whatever the case may be, because the other two movies are so good. Ant Man falls in that category of being like, it was fun, I enjoyed it. Is it like a compelling rewatch for me? Not really. Yeah. But like, it was. It, it's good compared to the other three. 
It's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's about where I'm at as well. I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. Um, having thought about it now while you guys were shitting on the other two <laughs> movies a lot, which is fine. Uh, it's kind of interesting uh, with Guardians and, and Winter Soldier because you can definitely see the like split for Marvel where they're like, oh, shit, we've yeah. got two winners here. These need to be the direction that we take our movies. We need to have our like serious spy flicks that are like grounded in reality somewhat. And we need to have our like cosmic crazy nonsense with Guardians. Let's go that route. Um, and so they are like two pretty pivotal uh, movies, I think, for the MCU and the directions that they take. I know which one's my favorite out of the two. Guardians is my number one. That's not mine. Guardians so. is my number one. I, oh I man, go, I, I remember the, the other first way time. I remember the first time I saw it in theaters. And so there's just, it was like our first real commitment to cosmic Marvel. It was a, it was a, a comic series. I went into being like, how the hell are they going to adapt this? Are they going to go into the whole, like, are they going to go into like the crazy clowns and the, and the loonies and all of this on rocket raccoons Island. And they just, the fact that they were able to introduce so many characters, introduce a team essentially in one movie, get me invested, have every character like be somebody that I cared about, have that many characters in a film at one time and somehow, like I said, introduce them all and get them working together in one movie. Right. To me, that's a triumph. Like, is Winter Soldier a great movie? Yes. If if we were ranking in a tier, I would put Winter Soldier next to Guardians of the Galaxy easy. But when it comes to like ranking them against each other, I just feel like Guardians was such an ambitious endeavor and somehow they still nailed it and it has a little bit of everything. That opening with him skipping through the ruins and the music playing on the Walkman gave us such a beautiful introduction to who Peter Quill is. And then him, his mom, like getting sick and him running outside was like had us invested in him emotionally that this is like a child that was abducted and, and lived amongst the stars, essentially. Like he kind of is the Star Lord. Like it just had. I don't know. It just had such beautiful moments in. In so many different ways. And I thought Ronan was kind of a cool villain and. It just had, I don't know, I'm sorry, I'm fangirling. Like, but I mean, that was the movie that made me fall back in love with like Marvel movies. Cause and I remember now like why that was. Cause I was like, man, why was Guardians like such a big deal to me? It's like, well, look at these movies that we're ranking. Some of them were not really great. Sure. And then Guardians comes out of the gate. And it was like, I remember walking out of the movie theater and immediately being like, I need to watch. I need to watch it again. You know, because they started finally talking about things like Infinity Stones and, and, and like, like showing us like worlds being destroyed and going to the head, you know, that giant city that's built on side, like on, on basically the corpse of a giant galactic being that they haven't even begun to explain, like getting to see Cosmic Marvel and having them not pull back, having them be like, well, is our audience ready to see nowhere is our audience ready to to see these things i don't know we might need to hold back you know like uh, we might they were like nah we're not holding back this is it they got they had to go what, for it yeah here, yeah here's the collector here's all this stuff the world is so much bigger than you thought it was and that's okay and i i felt like for me that was just it was the first time they committed to that they didn't like talk down to their audience and worry about 
well, is is grandma and grandpa and your average moviegoer going to understand this? They were just like, you know what? If it's entertaining, they're, they'll understand it. Just have faith and, and let it fly. And I think that's why Guardians is my number one. And I, I'm not saying anything, but I liked Winter Soldier a lot. And coming from, like, you know, somebody that I wasn't the biggest fan of Captain America. There's nothing wrong with that movie. It just wasn't my hero. It wasn't for me, you know? And then going into this movie where I was like, eh, I don't really care that much for Captain America or Bucky, but then really enjoying the film, it, it surpassed every expectation. I just feel like the scale of Guardians is so much bigger that for me, that's the obvious number one. Yeah, that's, it's going to be tough. Just Because yeah. I think everything you just said, I, I could spout the same stuff for, for Winter Soldier for me. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I think with Guardians, there there's like... I think I have to be in the mindset of like a, I don't want to call it goofy because that has kind of a negative connotation, but I have to be like up for a fun, like Hollywood uh, goofy movie is how I will explain it. Um, But with, with uh, Winter Soldier, I can just like put it on and it's going to be like, you know, it's going to be that grounded spy action thriller that I can watch at any moment. Right. With Guardians, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, this is that scene. Ah, oh, okay. I don't want this song stuck in my head. I'm going to change the channel. Right. <laughs> like, that's how I react to that, that movie. It's not bad. Right. It's, I think it's a great movie. Um, but it's just, a, it's, it's, uh, I think it goes for me and bronze. It sounds like it's, uh, like what we want, um, out of the movies. I think that the iconic moments in, in Winter Soldier for Cap are like, they're the moments for Captain America, I think, in the entire, well, there's some of the moments I think for Captain America in the entire uh, entire MCU. That scene where he's like holding the helicopter to the the heli uh, mm-hmm. the helipad bay is like fucking bonkers. The the scene where he's in the elevator, uh, where he says like, "How are we gonna do this?" That scene's fucking great. Um, when he gets on the bike and like rides off of the the fall of shield or the 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 original or like the midpoint movie or whenever that happens, that's a great scene. Um, Nick Fury playing a role in there and like that whole moment was great. Um, the on your left thing was fantastic in the beginning. Like there's, there's just a lot of like callbacks that I think happened throughout the entire MCU because they were just like classic moments. Um, Oh, the helicopter civil war. Okay. Sorry. Some of this stuff does blend together. So thank you for, for keeping me honest there, chat. I will say winter soldier was probably one of the first, this is a bit of a controversial take, but okay. it was Let's one of the first Marvel movies where I felt like they had decent fight choreography. It, it That's is the my number opinion. one fight. No, I agree with you. It's you know, when they leveled I, up, dude. When they drop yeah, that knife, when Bucky drops that knife in that fight, they're not fucking around. <laughs> yeah, like, all all that of the fight incredible. choreography was was really good. And prior to that, I'm I'm forgetting the timeline for Daredevil. I'm forgetting if it was. Mm, I can look real quick. I'm. But I feel like we've, like, for me, personally, I know people in the YouTube comments and chat are probably going to be, but, like, we haven't seen that outside of, like, Winter Soldier and Daredevil. Those are, like, the two times we've seen really good hand-to-hand fight choreography. Totally. I was hoping to see more of it in Black Widow, and I personally was disappointed. I, You know, because that's what I expect from that style of movie. Because I get it. People are superheroes, so there's a lot of, you know, yeah. powers flying around. So but I will say that was, yeah. Yeah. Release date was 2014, April, 2014, uh, for winter soldier and daredevil was April 10th, 2015. So almost a year exactly to the date. 
Okay. Uh, after okay, one yeah. another, fourth April fourth yeah. and April tenth, respectively. So. So like I think I think so it so I am right in that Winter Soldier was the first movie where first Marvel property where I saw like real hand to hand combat. So I was very like impressed with all the choreography. And then that was not matched until, you know, Daredevil. And then I, in my opinion, well, once again, I think Daredevil matched it. The opening scene to Winter Soldier for me, too, is like another classic moment of him landing, like jumping out of the helicopter, whatever, falling into the, the water. And then you see him just like fucking running like a goddamn gazelle on the side of that aircraft character, like drop kicking people, hitting people. It was great. Uh, and then we got to see him fight GSP, which is also a lot of fun, uh, as a UFC fan. But yeah, I don't know, Jesse, you might have to be the, the decider here. You might have to, to be the I am ready the to take on this role. Okay. Mostly because I have confirmation now that it was in fact news helicopters with hidden rockets. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Which is, I think the most important thing. I mean, it, it makes news sense. helicopters it makes with sense. hidden rockets. It makes sense. How else are they going to get that anyway, close? Um, so truthfully having literally watched both these movies in the last three days mm-hmm. um it's tough because these are films that are so drastically different but are what you would summarize all of marvel as marvel is both down to earth gritty street level and at the same time intergalactic comedy whiz bang antics right? right and that is exactly what perfectly sums up these these two films and why i love and uh, uh, uh infinity war as much as i do because it's now you have the combination of those two to watch them sort of like hit each other and like is fascinating to me and i love that's why infinity war is like a great movie and i can't wait to talk about that anyway <laughs> um the thing that i think is is fascinating here is if you go back to uh, uh, winter soldier at its core it is literally a movie about a dude trying to save his friend and it is the story of those two guys and that is it that is like what the vibe is you don't need to know much more other than that like this dude will do anything to save his childhood friend and like all the other things that happen in that movie the spy games the like intrigue of like hydra in the future and how hydra's in the government all that stuff is awesome and really cool but at the end of the day it is straight up just like a man who is willing to die for his friend. And like, that is a, like, it's a very compelling plot. It's, and I can understand, like, there's definitely like a, uh, I don't, I don't know if this is true, but like the vibe I got, like, it's definitely like a, like a, like a dude movie. You know what I mean? Like it's an action but, movie, but no, but like, but I mean like on a core, like that's my dude, bro. It, like I do anything for my boys. It like has that vibe to it. Yeah, it's, like, it's more of a spy thriller action drama for me, but yeah. You say that, you say that, but... <laughs> Look, I'm not, I'm not a bro. Down, I'm not a bro, Jesse, so I can't If you relate. break that yeah. film down, it's a ride-or-die homie movie. That guy's like, I will do anything for my bro! Like, it is <laughs> It is straight-up a bromance movie. It really is. And, uh, but all the part, like, from the moment it starts, from the boat scene... When Captain America jumps out and you like immediately are reintroduced to Cap, it is it is straight up the first time we've seen Captain America truly in modern times. In Avengers, he was like, you know, he was on a helicarrier 99% of the movie. Yeah. This is the first time we see him actually truly living in modern times. And 
It's him learning about stuff and he learns from his friends and he like goes through the list that he has. Right. And you know, you have the introduction of Falcon and you have his relationship with black widow. You have his operations behind the scenes. And so you get to see this man sort of like work through his shit. And you see the intro, that boat scene is incredible. And then there's like an intrigue of like, what the hell is black widow up to? And then you go through the whole plot of like, Oh my God is like this man dead spoilers. But like, is this guy dead? And, and Everything from the start of that movie, it's like a perfectly well-placed, um, well-timed thriller, right? It's like an action thriller. It's very, very well done. And the end, I'm going to say this, and it might be, uh, you know, it might be a little, like, controversial. But I think this is the first time up until this point where they've truly ended, like, nailed the third act. Most Marvel movies are good, but the third acts usually end up being way too over the top and uh, not at all. Good. Avengers, I think, nailed the third act, but one of the few times. I think I would agree I, with that. I, I mean, like, even I would even like, uh, there's some cool scenes in, a, in the third act of Avengers, but the third act meanders. Like, the third act of Avengers is like we're in a tower and then we're back on the street. And now we're doing, like, it is, it's, it's like, like a, it's, it's like a roller coaster. scene that culminates. That's in... what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's great. a long fight scene. Yeah. It's like a really long, because that's what people tuned in for. It's kind of like when you talk about sure. uh, Star Wars and they admit like, look, M uh, Empire Strikes Back was great. Return of the Jedi is literally just a two hour fight. Right. Mm. And that's what Avengers is. It's literally like we got you all together for a long ass fight scene. And so like, I don't know. I feel like this is the first time that it really like the whole movie from start to finish nails it. With that said, I also went and rewatched Guardians of the Galaxy. And Guardians of the Galaxy, holy shit. Like, I, I do have some complaints about the beginning where I feel like it's a lot of exposition. And the way they do it is like, this is Gorgamoth. He's a guy who does this thing. There's a lot of times where Rocket just like says facts. Where like they walk through the prison like, oh yeah, that over there, that's Gamora. And Gamora is the daughter of Thanos. And Thanos is this guy who's not up to any good. And then, you know, Drax walks in. He's like, you killed my wife and daughter. And now there's a lot of that at the beginning. Dra yeah, of Drax Guardians is kind of Galaxy. rough in the first one, I think. Maybe the weakest character I, for me. But I mean, I think the second half of Guardians, like, th this is my only complaint about Guardians. The first half is a lot of exposition, and a lot of world building, and a lot of creating stuff. But the last half is so good. It is. I love the last half of Guardians more than a lot of what's in Winter Soldier. Because, like, I even find myself watching Guardians again just for that, like, that last fight is so fun. And, like, a million the ways. Dance off? Fun. Or you mean the. No, the... like, the whole thing. The okay. whole, like, the whole attack on Nova Prime yeah, is, like, yeah. dope as hell. It's so fun. Every like every character in that is a, a blast and it is like the music is great. Everything about it is compelling. And the dance off while silly leads to a great scene where they all hold hands and fucking roast him. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's like a a silly very, though, <laughs> but it's like fun. It is fun in a way sure. that is like, exactly what Marvel movies should be. And I can understand why that film brought so many new people into the Marvel fold because it is, 
exactly what Marvel should be. It isn't doesn't take itself too seriously. It is super fun. And at the end of the day, you walk out of that movie being like, I want to see more of that. And it is like that's why this is very, very hard. Because these two movies are so vastly different, but like at the same time are so so good. And uh, and yeah, I mean, this is this is tough. I personally personally think that Winter Soldier overall is a better, like, more complete movie, but I cannot deny that Bronze has every right to be like... I agree. Like, Guardians is a good film. It is very good, and yeah. I mean, me personally, it would be one to Winter Soldier Guardians, but like... I think that's the time. Having recently watched it, I, like, after Guardians ended, I was like, hype on Guardians of the Galaxy. I I was like, oh, I want more of this. More so than I was about... Captain America, because I was like, oh, that was good. Like, I love that movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's and the old tried and true Winter Soldier. Love it. But I watched Guardians again and was like. For me, I, I so chronologically, when you watch, it's Guardians 1, I think, right into Guardians 2. And, like, it's too much Guardians for me, <laughs> chronologically. Like, those movies are so much. Uh, I, goofy is the word I'm going to use again, but it has such a negative connotation. I hate using it. But it's like so much goof that I need a little bit of like grounded in there. Like I, I feel like if you if you compare it to and this is you know outside of the actual listing stuff, I feel like Loki nails the like goofy factor or Thor nails the goofy factor of like the cosmic world. It makes it a little bit easier for me to digest in terms of like the second to second or hour to hour stuff. To where if you do both yeah. Guardians movies like back to back, it's like a little bit overwhelming. Um, it's like sensory yeah, overload. I don't, I don't imagine that back to back it would make for a good watch because I feel like Guardians is the palate cleanser to the MCU. That's how I've always felt about it, mm. especially if you look at like the color palettes and the music they use. Like prior to Ragnarok, um, I kind of felt like it was the it was like one of the few ones where you could just I don't know how to describe it. it like it, it was. Yeah, it's visually so distinct that. Totally. I um, agree. You know, it, it's just it hits a different tone for me. I think my favorite thing about Guardians of the Galaxy, though, is at no point in the movie does it try to be something it's not. Yes, they don't come to the trippy. end and have every character suddenly be incredibly competent or have like all of them have this perfect chemistry. It's like they're still trying to figure out what each other can do. They're still trying to figure out how all of this works. You know what I mean? Like they, it's not clean. It's not neat. Just like it's sloppy and kind of, or the characters are sloppy and kind of fumble over themselves in the first half. I'm still remembering that scene where Gamora tries to like steal the Infinity Stone from Peter Quill. And then when you compare that to the last half, it's like I said, there's still it, at no point is it like, well, now this is going to become the very serious cosmic Marvel film where we establish, you know, this this character as an important character, and we're going to have this entire thing where Lee Pace is like you know, going to go with hand-to-hand blows to Peter Quill because that just wouldn't make any sense. Right. You know, like, the, the basically from beginning to end, the film is, like, about... It's like... It's a, it's a gang of misfits that somehow fail forward. And at the end, it, it is still that. And I think that's why I like it. There's no point where they just, like I said, magically become serious competent or heroic you know the the entire fact that they're they call themselves the guardians of the galaxy is like kind of hilarious because they're just so 
like morally gray and that's like highlighted by the things rocket raccoon says you know with talking about taking people's eyes and this that and the other and god knows what he's been up to gamora having her checkered past peter quill having his checkered past them taking up with um oh gosh what's that um yondu and yeah, him being an yondu. absolutely horrible person talking about eating people like i kind of Best like how they're the guardians to be honest I love Yondu. <laughs> I think Yondu is so great. Yeah, it's the best arc in the love. entire Guardians uh, filmography, I, for sure. Bronze, you yeah. brought up a point that I think is fascinating, that Guardians of the Galaxy is a vibrant, lush, like, over-the-top colored movie, right? It's, like, in your face. Yeah. But everything in it is morally gray. Meanwhile, Winter Soldier is, like, a morally gray movie where... You know, like all the, but like, like visually and like what's happening, but the characters are like, I am Captain America. I have, like, I do not budge in my beliefs. I am the most like honest dude who ever was, but like everything around him and like the tone of the movie and even the color palette of the movie is this like, you know, toned down. We're keeping it down to earth. It's fascinating. Like, again, the two movies are so polar opposite each other. They are. Yeah, they are. One hundred percent. It's fascinating. Yeah, and I, yeah. I like them both a lot. I want to reiterate that I'm only campaigning for Guardians because, you know, I I love Winter Soldier too. So please do not take this as like, oh, Bronze doesn't like Winter Soldier. I do. It's just that like, like it's like what Jesse said. I get excited when I watch Guardians. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I get it. like in spite of myself, like, and there's that for me is is like I don't want to say rare, but it doesn't happen with every. You know, like I get excited when I watch Punisher. I get excited when I watch like, you know, season one of Daredevil, the first time you see Kingpin, you know, like there's certain She gets real excited when get... she watch Iron Fist. She loves it. I we just Ah <laughs> It's weird. Me and Jesse still haven't figured it out yet, but she's just the biggest no! Iron Fist fan. Won't stop talking Won't, about I it. I mean, yeah, always in our DMs just posting photos no! of Quinn or whatever the fuck his name. I don't even remember his name. He's just loved. I hate that dude. It's just stupid. Okay, I'm not going to go on my rant about how that dude upsets me because I'm sure he's maybe a nice person. I don't believe it 100%. Maybe he's an asshole in real life too. But yeah, I think like Guardians is just like, it's just, I get excited when I watch it. I'm, I get excited I get for the rest of the MCU. I, you know? I'm the same way like, with every time I watch Guardians, I'm like, what are we going to get? Adam Warlock, what are we going to get? Like, is, is there going to be more Cosmo? Are we going to have our sidekick dog? What's going to. There's, you know, and I don't like Winter Soldier's great, but it doesn't leave me being like more MCU, more MCU. You know, I'm just like, oh, it's a good movie. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm I'm that way with uh, with Captain America, right? Like, Fair. if I see him drop kick someone on a fucking boat, I'm like, it's fucking goddamn right. That's Captain America, right? There. <laughs> like, he can drop kick whoever he wants. That's that's the shit right there. Um, but Jesse, you're I I think you said it. We just didn't have the gravitas around it. You sided with. Are you sticking oh, with I mean, your? I, I think, yeah, I, I think you both we rank explained. Them. Yeah, no, I think you both explained very well the idea of like Guardians of the Galaxy makes me hype for Marvel, but I also believe that Winter Soldier is just like a better standalone movie. Hmm. And so for Phase Two, I like ha like have to rank it number one out of all the Phase Two movies. But you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see what we what happens when we compare all of these with the others. Wow. Because yeah. you know, I can. I would. I oh, already I have. Because if we, well, I mean, if we went back to the S rank. I would put them both at S. Agreed. I agree. I agree with that. Agreed. Because they're yeah. so different. 
but we <coughs> decided last week to move to the mum- number system, and now I want to move back. No, to the no, S- this makes sense. This is easier. This is easier. But it's <sighs> it, this is easier. That's how it goes. All right. So the official phase two MCU crew rankings. Number six. I, I think <laughs> we should move back to the S. No, no, that's how it is. That's how it is. Number six, <laughs> Thor two, the Dark World. Iron Man three at number five. Number four, Avengers: Age of Ultron. Number three is Ant Man. Guardians of the Galaxy number one at number two spot. Uh, and Captain America: The Winter Soldier. I'll. I was. Uh, I was. Not expecting this to be the list. I figured there would have to be a bigger fight for Ant-Man to be where it was ranked, but you guys just fell you in line. We thought Ant-Man was worse than Iron Man 3 and Ultron yeah. OJP. Yeah, I did. No. Just because we were like, you it's were down all right. It. You were down like, on we can, it. You were down on it. We, we can acknowledge. You. Honestly, we saw like, we saw your face. You were face. down on it. We saw your face. We were like, oh, Ant-Man 1 could have been better. And we're like, now we just have to twist this knife. You wanna, JP, you want to know how little Bronze and I cared? The discussion about five and six, the four, five, six discussion was forever. The one, two discussion was forever. We were like, yeah, I'm in at three is fine. That's how little we, we well, were. Hold on. This, like, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Didn't I? I think because I wore you guys, this was all a master plan by me, clearly, because I wore you out on the five and six discussion. You're like, oh no, we'll just give them three. We'll just let them have three. That's like, that's what I, clearly I don't happened. know how there is like look at this list. I there's know, it's no crazy. way you can compare Ant-Man to the top two, and there's no way you can compare Ant-Man to the to four, five, six. Ant-Man literally is just like a serviceable movie that is fun, but like it's let me by remind Paul everyone. Rudd and Michael Pena, hundred percent. One hundred percent. It literally yeah. is just the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But like again. I fell asleep during Ant-Man 2. I've never, <laughs> I don't know how Ant-Man 2 ends. I couldn't tell you. I only know. It's like that he, so I, important to the next couple of movies. You got to watch <laughs> Ant-Man 2, Jesse. I mean, I watched, I watched the post credit scene online. So I was like, oh, okay. But I literally have only seen Ant-Man 2 once and I fell asleep. And I was Man. like, I, I think I got what I needed. I disagree with you there, Jesse. That's where our paths diverge because I yes. actually really liked Ant-Man 2. Yes. I fell asleep. I, yeah, I'm going to have to. I love, I, I love the like two. that the, movie. I, in Ant-Man 2, I love all three main actors. I love Michael Pena. I love Paul Rudd. I love Evangeline uh-huh. Lilly. I love them. I fell asleep. I can't help that Ant-Man, for some reason, is not my vibe. I, 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 I can't help it. I get it. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I just, I'm also biased. Maybe I need to rewatch Ant-Man 2, but I just remember it, his it, crew being like, Baba Yaga. And for yeah, that some stuff reason, was hilarious. That, that shit was so funny to me every time he said Baba Yaga. I was <laughs> Dude, like, it's got some funny I bullets. love these side characters. They are the most invested I've been in side characters in a long time. I hope they keep them around. Because I just love Ant-Man's little posse. They're not superheroes. They're all like ex-cons. And I just thought they were so cute and so funny. And like, I just love them so much. I love them. Yeah. Like, those are, if, I, if, if I have to, when I watch Ant-Man 1 again, all the scenes with them, I loved more than every other part of that movie. That the crew is the crew, crew is so funny. Yeah. Yes, they're so Un- good, and it's unfortunately Ti like- won't be in Quantum Mania uh, due to some uh, outside issues with him as an actor and a, as a person. But yeah, he won't be back for the third one. But I think everyone else is signed on, so we'll see how that goes. 
Also, yeah, I really hope that Michael Pena does like a Kang uh, like recap or something. Oh my god, that would be hilarious! Be yes, hilarious. I would, I would love to see that. I think that'd be ten out of ten. I also want to see that. I think uh, didn't Faggy say that like Michael Pena? There is a filmed recap of him doing the entire MCU up to oh Endgame. God. I want to say that that was recorded or something like that, and they never released it. If they could get all the cast members to do the whole, like, the voice over his voice yeah. bit. Because that's, again, that is, I looked for, like, I, if I rewatch Ant-Man 1, I look forward to those moments more than, like, the Ant-Man fights. They're funny. Or Ant-Man learning his powers. Like, all those things that you think would be neat. I could care less about. Meanwhile, get- Paul Rudd being just Paul Rudd is hilarious and awesome. He's great. And then Michael Pena literally just reenacting story. But he's like, so my cousin did this thing. And then all the actors are acting like him. It's hilarious. It's so well done. It, compared, I'm I like, Chris like movie's was, all right. I feel like, I don't know which came first, that or Drunk History. I think Drunk History came first. Probably. But it's same vibe. But same vibe. I, yeah, I, I did like that they figured out a way to work that into the MCU, like this entire concept of like telling very serious uh, subject matter with people that look like or, or, or are the original actors, but then doing it in a very casual fashion. Yeah. So I mean, because I love drunk history for that reason, too. There's one episode with uh, Billy. Is it Billy the Kid? Could be. The famous yeah. cowboy. Yeah, yeah, Billy yeah, the yeah, Kid. Yeah. He's famous. Billy the Kid. Yeah. There's one where he's like, and then he comes in, he goes boom, boom, boom. And I still reference that to this day. <laughs> where I'm just like boom, boom, boom. And it's <laughs> someone in uh, that show's great. They brought so that good. into the MCU. Someone mm-hmm. in chat, Legionnaire92 says plot twist, Michael Pena is the watcher. I stand. I'm into it. I would I love, love that. I I, I just like again, for some reason, Ant Man as a character doesn't do it I, I can't figure out why i'm just not into it and i love like i love all the actors there are moments in these movies where i'm like hilarious so good yet i am like eh. i even watched i just this week watched the Ant man one and was like yeah i mean it was all right and that's, that's it's so weird to feel that about something and be so passionate about like i love when paul rudd shows up in you know when he's in endgame Every scene he's in, it is like That's great. Yeah, you carried that scene, my man. Yeah. You stole that scene, and yet it's like I literally don't care about Ant Man. <laughs> like Paul Rudd, though, he's a weird character. Put him in everything. Yeah, he's he's yeah. kind of a strange character. Uh, anyways, next week, I guess it's time for Phase Three, uh, and that might just be the whole show. We might skip a little bit of the the smaller news bits. Uh, phase Three, for those that need the refresher. Uh, contains, I think it's 11 films. Captain America Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, Avengers, Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, Avengers Endgame, and Spider-Man Far From Home. That one's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I feel like we need to divide that into two parts because some of those, some of those require like, like, uh, I mean, I, I, I've started watching through them. Let me tell you, I forgot like phase three. And this is what I was saying at the beginning. Turn it up. Phase three is so much exponentially better than yeah. phase one and two that like, 
They go big. When people are like, comic book movies, oh, it's just old. I'm so over it. I'm like, they've never been better. They've never been better. And so, man, phase three is going to be tough. Are you doing phase three uh, summer- Are you doing chronological or are you just watching them in release order? In on so on Marvel uh, uh, on Marvel on Disney, Disney Plus, Plus yeah. if you go to the Marvel section, they literally have headers that's like Phase One. It's all the Phase One movies, and Phase Two, all the Phase Two, and they have one that's Phase Three and Four. So it lists like some of the the new content that's Disney just come Plus out. Shows, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But like, I'm just going through it by order of release, and uh, I just finished uh, the other day going through Black Panther again. That movie's so good. It's gonna be. It's That's gonna be what tough. I'm saying. It's, Black Panther it's tough. is so good. But... I think I can rank that pretty easily. Like just right now, I think I know my list. Ooh. I'm gonna have to. Put I don't think I do. I don't think I do. And put Doctor Strange a little bit lower than I would normally. Because I just recently rewatched Doctor Strange, and I was like, oh yeah, no, I'm absolutely, utterly in love with this character and with the theming in this film. But like pacing wise, like overarching wise, like I don't, I don't, I'm already stressed. Somebody in chat said bronze is stress. I am. I'm gonna like probably get stress rashes over trying to rank. Well, all here's these we we could do this. We could do this this way, where we come to the show next week with our list, and we compare list and go that way. Like we're much more analytical. Or we could just do it off the cuff, like we did the past two. That's I mean, up I think to you we have guys. To go movie by. I think we have to like go movie by movie. Movie by movie. This thing because okay. there's gonna be a lot of films that are very yeah. obvious where they should be placed. But then they're going to be things like, you know, I love, like, I love Doctor Strange. However, compared to the other movies, I don't know how to play. Like, that is a conversation that I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It's tough. Like, Doctor Strange is like, I I love that movie. I've rewatched it so many times. But, like, compared to Endgame, I... You can't do that. Uh, That's not fair. The top of that that, list, if if Endgame is not... That's not fair to me. Like, it's... I, I'm gonna fight. We, I think Infinity War is better than Endgame. I'm gonna fight on this. What are we really See? fucking doing here, though? What this are we really doing? Number gave, one. Endgame gave us the freaking scene with yeah. the arms and the, the fuck you, Jesse Cox. Endgame, come on now. I think Infinity War is better than Endgame. Endgame has one of is. the most like it has moments Endgame, Endgame has in an movie iconic scene. history. Endgame are you has smoking the best. Crack, Jesse Cox. <laughs> <laughs> I look. I'm ready to fight. I think Infinity War is a better movie. I think Endgame has a better end scene. I think Endgame has the it most has one incredible of the best scenes in movie it is, history. It is literally twenty films worth of an. Look, I will not <laughs> argue with that, but I think Infinity War is a better film. Tune in next week for this conversation, <laughs> where we no longer do the MCU crew anymore because Jesse has apparently chosen violence. And we'll discuss it next week. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Okay. I, I think I have my headcanon in that list of what that's going to be. Let's do some shout-outs. Uh, do we want to discuss the Venom trailer? Did you guys watch it? The Cookie Monster trailer with Woody Harrelson? What are you talking about, Eddie? It's real do I get to eat pe- Do I get to eat people, Eddie? Oh, I would do the people. What was that comment? Well, wait, now oh, I'm thinking about it, and I might agree with Jesse. Oh, God. I can't do this. I can't Save do this. For next I have, week. I have Join me, bro. Save for next week. Join me. Save for next week. Uh, yeah, I think Carnage looks cool. I, it's a little weird because, like, canonically, I think Carnage is Venom's son or something like that. And and the comic, I don't. 
Woody Harrelson's doing Woody Harrelson stuff. I don't know. I'll see the movie. No, but the first third of the I can't do it. <laughs> I just I, I have I can't like having watched the trailer and having seen the first Venom movie, I and seeing what the trailer showed us, I'm convinced the second Venom movie won't be good, but I'm still gonna go watch it. It's gonna be because, stupid, like, but it's gonna be fun. Yeah. The first Venom movie was dumb, but I left being like that was the dumb that I enjoyed seeing one time. <laughs> and I'm going to see the same thing. I'll be like, you know what? It wasn't total garbage, but I have no investment in another Venom movie. I'll, I'll, so say, like, yeah, okay. I'll say this about Woody Harrelson. And this is, and I mean, this is a compliment. It's not going to sound like one. If there was ever a, an actor that could really make me and sell the idea that they're a serial killer, it's Woody Harrelson. <laughs> <laughs> is it because he has red hair? Is that is that is that it's, what it is? He's just got this look to him that's just like, yeah, you're fucking crazy, right? He's, I want to know how they let that man have hair dye in prison, right? I got a lot of I got a lot of questions about how his hair ended up like neon red in jail. Yeah, and, and the other thing too about the trailer, it it really, I feel like Carnage can Carnage could be the like extreme of like how crazy you can get in terms of like killing people and for them to not like be able to match that uh, with what I know of that character. It's going to be kind of a weird, a weird what pill to swallow. Mean? So we'll see. Do you, not want, you want me to eat people, Eddie? Okay. He doesn't want to fight I that one because he's red. You. Whatever the fuck that means. Oh, I cannot fight him. He's so red, Eddie. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I can't believe they went. The trailer goes all in on the voice. <laughs> it does. It's like, okay, I eat cookie for you, Eddie. Yeah. I can't. They go all in. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll uh, see. All right. I. How do I say this? I. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna watch this movie. Uh huh. And I don't hate watch things. Just to give content. I'm going to watch this movie. Yeah. I surmise I'll be, I will have no expectations. So I will, uh, I will, you know, not be horrifically disappointed. And at the end, I'll step away with a feeling of like, well, I'm glad they're, you know, doing other stuff other than the, like, you know, the MCU and taking a different approach to movies. I wish they were good. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to have that feeling you know because i do i do like when you know they kind of do things a little differently or or you know try something new like i I like that you know i think that's why i i liked logan so much because it's it's a really different kind of movie i like that probably why i I was i'm very optimistic about what if because you know it's different and you know but i feel like that's my take on it where i'm gonna go in and be like well i'm glad that they're doing something different, but um, sure. I some different doesn't always mean better, you know. Sometimes True. it's uh, not as good. I got you. I got you. I know that this is the MCU crew, but I will say this: Green Knight slapped. So that movie was. I heard very away. good that things about that. As the yeah. first movie, I went back to movie theaters to watch. I said it was going to be Black Widow. It wasn't. A Disney Plus Black Widow. And that was a great movie to see back in movie theaters. So I, I really heard it was good. End on that. Sometimes different is better or good, and that's Green Knight. So. Here's here's what I want to end on, and then we'll do shout outs because this just I was just clicking around in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe wiki. 
This blows my goddamn mind. Avengers Endgame came out 25 months ago. Yes. Yeah. That I feel like that was like two decades ago. That's no. crazy. It wasn't JP. It was in the before times. That's time crazy. is now marked as 2019 and back, and then 2021 and forward. We lost a full year. Like the world shut down, dude. That's crazy. Time has no meaning. It came out June 28th, 2019. Sorry, sorry, I am wrong. I am wrong. That was the re-release. It came out April 26, 2019. Yeah, still, uh, maybe a little bit, maybe like 30 months, but still. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yep. Two years. A little more than two years. We're, y'all, we're entering the last third, 2021. I know, it's almost over. This year's almost over. It's crazy. crazy. Can I tell you something? This has nothing to do with Marvel at all. No, it doesn't. As we're all talking about time flying by. Mm -hmm. The other day I asked this question and we found an answer and it's been blowing my mind ever since. Let's hear it. So, cause I've been like, how come when you get older, it just feels like time flies by. Right. And yeah. the answer it turns out is when you're a kid, your brain is much smaller. So all your synapses are like, I think I saw mil- this millimeters closer together, but because they're closer together, you view the world at a faster frame rate. And so because and think of it, it's kind of like in the scenes where like you know quicksilver whoever's like running fast yeah and he's everything slows down so you can see more as as a kid you see so much more and you register so much that everything seems sl- like time perceived slower and as you age your brain expands and those like little like little tiny expansions slow the world down for, uh, like like basically everything's going so fast around you because your brain can't keep up with the frame rate your frame rate slows down and so it seems like a year suddenly passes like that. But when you're a kid, it seems like a year is your whole life. Yep. It's all perception. And I was like, it blew my mind. I was like, what? So, yeah, uh, that's your answer. I just assumed answer, it is- was because, like, you know how like, when you're young and it felt like summer lasted forever? I assumed it's because, like, you know, when you're seven years old, you know, three months is a long time. Yes. But yeah. when you're when you're 25, I mean, even three years isn't that long. Like, if you talk to, like, somebody who's 18 about, oh, would you, would you, you know, do commit to this thing for three years or sign a three-year contract to work on a show, they're talking about a sixth of their life. But the older you get, if you talk to a 30-year-old, that's a tenth of their life. That's, like, nothing. Right. And, I mean, I even thought it was, oh, well, when you're a child, like, if you go to school, for example, every year is a different experience. You're, like, first grade, second grade, you're different teachers, maybe different classes. I thought that had to be it, right? Like, your experience, nope, it is straight up just, like, as a kid, your brain can register more stuff. Right. And as an adult, the older you get, the less, like, you can suck in, the less information you can absorb. And so... It just means that like the world around you flies by and time is only a perception. And so, you know, how very Marvel of us. Time is only a perception. And so <clears throat> as you age up, it feels like, you know, that's why people who who suddenly hit like 40 still feel the, feel the same way at 30. Like, oh, like time flew, like that kind of thing. Yeah. But if you're 13 and you become 18, it's like the world has completely changed. The worst part about that is anxiety multiplies how fast time uh, perception is there or is not there. 
So I think that's why 2020 <laughs> flew for me. <laughs> yeah. I think like 2020 and 2021 flew for me because of anxiety. hundred percent. Like, yep. I feel like it, if you're always a lot of present, people are like, then... well, 2020 never end. And I'm like, Oh, I felt like I blinked and it was over. Yep. If you're always it mindful is... and present, then time passes slower. hundred percent. If you ever worked in retail, if you ever get swamped or super busy, time flies that time flies by yep. but if you're stuck there and you have no customers and you're just like uh that's the longest day of your life and that's just a great mm. example of it is like if you're overstressed or you have a lot of anxiety that's like yeah. Pew, 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 pew. It's very and true. Yeah. yeah i you know time man you're bombarding your own brain have you ever done that thing when you worked retail where you're like in three hours it'll only be i'll be halfway through my shift that's the worst and part in six, don't do that yeah in six don't hours i'll have three hours to go home <laughs> Don't do that. Yes. Which is why the days where it was swamped and everyone was like, oh, it sucks. There's so many people here today. Those were the days I loved because the day flew by and I was like, I don't have to yeah. think. Yeah. I shut my brain off like, and oh, I just like. Boop, boop, boop. Yeah. 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 For me, it would be like, it's only two hours until I have one hour until lunch. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Let me tell you, that's how you know you're like. This is not the job for me. <laughs> if you ever have <laughs> said, I only have X number of hours till I'm off. That is a job that you do not love. <laughs> have you ever had to question it? If you've ever said, only two hours to lunch, that is like some high school shit. That's where you're like, only two more classes to lunch. Like, oh, oh, God, yeah. that is high oh, school yeah. incarnate. Yeah. Listen, I wasn't born into the streamer life, y'all. That was several years of retail to get here. There you go. Been there. I feel that. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Yes, you know. Let's Ooh. do some shout outs. Stop this quickly depressing conversation. <laughs> bronze, where can people check you out? What do you got going on? Hi, hello. I'm that bronze girl. You can find me on Twitter and Twitch at that bronze girl. I'm currently playing Chernobylite. Um, yeah, please come watch and check out my stuff so I do not have to go back to the life of retail. <laughs> I'd appreciate it. Y'all are the best. Short but sweet. Jesse. Talk to me. Ooh. Hey, um, you can find me everywhere on the internet under Jesse Cox. Um, but more importantly, uh, right here on the old Twitchster. Um, yeah, I think this week, boy, I got a ton of stuff to do. Uh, if you missed this past weekend stream on Tuesday, we're doing it again. There's a game called Akiba Strip, and it is uh, <laughs> it is a game where you play oh, no. as a boy in japan who is in akihabara uh he is a vampire hunter and the only way you can defeat vampires who have learned to walk in the day by clothing themselves is to rip off their clothes and then they vaporize so um accurate if you want to tune in to the greatest video game ever made we're gonna be playing that tomorrow uh for a few hours it is incredible i can't even there's a scene where last time i played I fought a bear in a chef outfit and tried to rip off his clothes. I mean, I don't know how to explain this to you. It is the best game ever created by man. So tune in. I know you'll love it. <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> Short but sweet. Ah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can't believe you're playing the game. I think I've played that game before. I want to say that maybe it's I played old. That game. It's like a, it was an old, uh, I think PSP or Vita game and they re-released it. I think I played that. Um, it is. I played. Have you played Galgun? It's so funny. Have you seen? Do you know what Galgun I, I, is? I have not played Galgun, but I know of it. Don't yes. play Galgun. Don't, don't. It's it's bad. It's 
The game, oh, chat, the game is called Akiba's Trip, except it's spelled Akiba Strip. It is... It's accurate. It's accurate. Uh, anyways, coming up on the channel, we've got JPNN following, uh, immediately following this. We'll jump into the gaming news of the day and see what is going on. We're in a little bit of a drought right now till kind of all of August in terms of game releases, at least the stuff that's already been announced. Till about like the 20th when we got some Ghost of Tsushima and some 12-minute stuff. So we'll see what it uh, has in store for the channel uh, as we progress throughout the month. But we got more MCU crew next week. We'll do phase three for that. Uh, drop frames on Wednesday this week. Um, Fight Me will be on uh, Wednesday this week. And uh, we'll kind of go from there. So thank you all for tuning in to the old MCU crew. We'll be back next week. Uh, it's going to be a doozy of a show. We might just skip news so that we can get through. However long it's going to take for phase three and, uh, we'll just, we'll see what happens. So get your rewatches in order, come prepared, and, uh, we'll see you on the battlefield next week for phase three. <laughs> we're in wild. the end game now. We're, we're going to be in the end game now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Actually, that is when we have to order all. That's of them. when we have to order that's all. That's the of them. end game. Yeah, that's the end game. You're right. That's that's our end that's game. That's the that's long gonna ass be a rough, That's gonna be wild. I'm gonna order in some food when we do that. Can I might we just have cancel a stream. For the, thing yes, yeah, we might just cancel we stream order for the pizza. day. Okay, can we get a pizza sponsor and just all have pizza that day and hash it out, pizza and beers yes, all around? Yeah, mm -hmm. might be might be the case. <laughs> might be the case. All right, we're out of here. Thank you so much for watching. We will see you next week on another MCU crew. Have a good one. Bye bye.